Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yep. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. See? I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my... my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time <laughs> uh, how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to superhero speak i'm your host dave and john Pretty. <laughs> and how is everyone doing this week john how are you just blah just blah just blah Yes, nothing <laughs> Nothing special here. No, no, nothing, nothing. You know, I, the 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 summer anime is well into is well into its swing, and there's a few good titles, a few really bad titles, and some some okay ones. So, you know, I've caught up on that while I was reading the book that we're going to do tonight, and and I'm just waiting for the next Marvel show. <laughs> I feel I, I I feel like I've got nothing to watch without the Marvel shows now. August eleventh, so next week, so 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 we're good. Yep. Or hopefully. I actually can't wait to see the Marvels. I want to see I want to see the Marvel movie. The Marvel movie. Oh, oh. Yeah, Captain Marvel. <laughs> yes. Yes. And how about how about you, JD? It's the Olympics, man. Oh my God! I completely forgot the Olympics were even on. The, the Olymp. Well, I didn't. <laughs> Well, we're not yeah. allowed to push any code during the Olympics. Really? Oh, that makes yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm already mad about what you guys are doing. To be honest with you, but you know, um, it's not my division. I just I got to yell at somebody. <laughs> oh, go ahead. With the, that, that's what the, I get paid for with the evil, <laughs> with the evil army. No, I'm watching the Olympics. I'm covering it for a fight game. I got a podcast right for this. We're have to talk about Mihal Yopez becoming the greatest Olympic wrestler in history. Ooh, winning his fourth. The Cuban, the Cuban heavyweight in Greco, won his fourth. Olympic gold medal, never been done before in wrestling. It's uh, nice. There's been a lot of that going around, and 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 then the rest of the and you guys can you can back me. Up. I don't really watch the Olympics, but like from what I've heard, the rest of the American teams have like fallen apart. They in, might. I don't know. In soccer, know. and Simone Bills got the twisties, and that's a real thing, man. Like, oh I, no, I, I know it is. Yeah, I, that's... I, you know, the the way they push these athletes. And remember, I used to be a runner. I ran in road races and half marathons and stuff. I know when your brain isn't there, when you're not in the zone, it goes all wrong. Yeah. And that's just for running. I can't imagine like being in the air in a triple flip that's what I'm and saying. then suddenly losing my balance. Jesus. And you're and you you don't know where you are and you can't stick a landing. I mean, you could get really hurt. So. And 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 consider with Simone that she is like literally the probably the greatest gymnast of all time. Yeah. 
and she's doing stuff that they don't even want to allow in the Olympics because it's it's too hard for any other normal mortal person. And if if she <laughs> gets a true. choice, he's in midair when she's doing that, she's gonna break like all of her limbs and her neck. Well, and that's yeah. the thing too. She had to default because she got all. If she doesn't default out, all of her scores drop to zeros, and it takes the the team out of medal contention. Her oh, dropping geez. out actually kept them in. Like if she doesn't drop out, they don't even get the silver. Well, one of her it's... teammates got a gold, right? Yeah, but the all like the team, the team, right, yeah, right. The, hmm. the team race. If she doesn't drop out of the team race, all her scores go, and that, then like then it doesn't. It takes them out. She had to because it's essentially an injury, right? And they right. Don't hold injuries against you because it's, it's literally a mental injury. But but right? that's the nice thing though. She's acting like she's part of a team. Mm-hmm. That is what a you team. Know? That is, like <laughs> these people who don't watch like sports or don't follow sports are my favorite. These guys that have never played a sport in their entire life or been elite at anything that sit there. And go, well, Michael Jordan would have done this. So it's like, yeah, Michael Jordan also retired at the absolute height of his game to go play baseball because he just broke mentally, right? Mm-hmm. That happened. Yeah, didn't he go back though? He did. He came back. Yeah. And, like who knows who say she doesn't come back? Right. Exactly. You know, oh, she'll come back. I'm, believe me, I'm from Chicago, and we still talk about that 94, 95 teams. Like, Bulls could have, because this it's a very common talk. It could have been eight. Yep. Could have been eight. And, like, mm-hmm. but, you know, no one holds it against Michael Jordan. But with the, it's very common. It could have been eight if he decided to, to stick around. But he didn't, because, like, elite-level athletes are held to a, a, a remarkably high standard. And your, your brain as an elite-level athlete has to be so one-dimensionally focused that – if you get a, a hint of imposter syndrome, you're done. Yeah. And and then this is, of course, like after the last year we've had, like nobody's in their right mind. No, like I, I mean, yeah. That's why my man. I, that's why my man Lopez. I got to give him credit. This Cuban badass went out there and absolutely dominated in in uh, the 130 kilo weight class, and, and he wow. won his fourth Olympic medal. And again, you can only. It's not like gymnastics or uh, swimming where you can do multiple events per cycle. No, you get one. You get one shot per cycle. Right. So this guy's been doing it since 2008. Hmm. He's 39, and he won his fourth oh gold medal. And there's that, talk of him coming back for the fifth. And is, it's the way he wrestled. I don't blame him. Is, is 39 old? For because I know like super in old. some yeah oh, okay because yeah, most of the sports super like you get over you get over 30 and you're considered ancient. Yeah, wrestling. 30 and like 27 is like you know you you start to really figure stuff out. 30, it's like you're pushing it. 35 is like unheard of. 39 is like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, and he's talking about doing it. They're serious. They're talking about doing it because 2024 is really not that far away. It may be, you know, it's possible. I thought I heard there was like a figure skater or somebody that was over 40 that this was the last one. I mean, yeah. And there's some gymnasts that get kind of old from other countries. I mean, like, it's just, yeah, it's not common, you know, but like, yeah, the, I believe the average male hits his athletic peak or like, you know, the highly toned athletic male hits his peak around 27 28 and then from there no, then it's you become 50. it's it's then, it's 50 after that you become a savvy veteran you know <laughs> and you're relying on this to get you through this as opposed to this yeah so yeah so you're so you're saying after 27 it's technique not not stamina okay yes, <laughs> yes. so yeah that's what i got going on the olympics 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 <laughs> Some think stamina is more important than technique, and some think technique's better. So I don't know. It's a different show. Oh, oh well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Welcome to Super Wiener Speak. <laughs> oh, sponsored by Blue Chew. Oh my god. <laughs> that's when you make the real money when that Bluetooth spot, that Bluetooth sponsorship comes in. 
Oh yeah, yeah. the real dollars come in. I thought it was the male male pattern baldness, but you know. I know, and we should have that sponsor. Hey, oh. I'm going to touch that one. <laughs> I got these luxurious locks. Yes, yes. Well, I've still got most. Most, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so, Dave, how you doing now, yeah. now that we've talked? I'm sure you're doing fine before, so but now. My throat. Well, it's funny because uh, no, it's weird. Like I didn't even think about it, but I mean, it, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, the Olympics were supposed to be last year, mm-hmm. but of course, of because of COVID, it wasn't. And then, like, it's also just making me think. Uh, and I don't want to bring the show down, but it's like my wife was the one that was into the Olympics. You know, hmm. again. Although she loved the Winter Olympics more than the figure skating. Oh yeah, Big yeah, figure, figure skating. skating. The chicks they love the figure skating. But she also loved the 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 bobsled and the luge. Bobsled's cool. Yeah, she likes luge going is, fast. Luge is <laughs> or luge is going scary. Fast. Yes. Oh my god. Those go when they would strap GoPros to the luge, it would be like, oh my god, that's horrifying. The balls it takes to do that. Yeah, you and a piece of wood and going. 80 miles an hour. And f- with nothing but physics between you. Yes. <laughs> Pass. Yeah. So other than avoiding the Olympics, I don't have a lot going on. I I, I remember last week I complained about eating like a pig and, uh, and I got a little better <laughs> by the end of the weekend. <laughs> yeah. And then let's see. Anything else interesting going on? No, that's it. You know, same old, same old. Nothing to watch. Lots of things to complain about online, though. <laughs> Oh, it was interesting. <laughs> so maybe we should maybe we should get into a little social media madness. Oh, wait, did we ask JD how he was doing? Yeah, I talked yes. about the Olympics. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there's just the Olympic thing. Yeah, that took off. Like that was just the Olympics, not you. But hmm. oh, that's, that's really the wife is getting better. She has a cold now. Oh, on top of wow. the shingles and the. I brought home a cold from Fargo. Oh, good. I got tested. COVID negative. Which should have gone with should have gone with the t-shirt, dude. I brought home nine t-shirts, so I got plenty of t-shirts. But yeah, so she's sick, but on the mend. The kid got it. The kid we got a we got a notice from his swim teacher that one of the one of the classes got exposed. So we had that fun. It was not oh. his class, not his class, not his teacher. We're okay, <sighs> but like it's like Ugh. so. Get vaccinated. Yep. Yeah. End of this nightmare. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Consult your doctor. Consult your doctor because not everybody can. If yes. you can get vaccinated and you're healthy enough. Get vaccinated. Please do, please do so. Because let's. I haven't, I haven't posted over. the show on, on YouTube in a while, and I'm hoping to get back to it. And you have to make sure you say consult your doctor on YouTube. So, really? <laughs> oh yeah, that's one of the rules. So all right, consult your doctor on how to get vaccinated. It's gonna be like one of those like uh, one of those pill commercials that you don't know what it does, but the whole commercial is just people like walking on the beach and like 90 seconds of disclaimers. Yes. <laughs> And yeah, that the micro machines man, man the John machine is out there going, yep. <laughs> and death. <laughs> oh, could it always cause, ends with and could, death could cause death. Yep. <laughs> Erectile dysfunction, bill, your penis may fall off. Oh, my God. Case see, or your, death. see your doctor if this happens. <laughs> Consult a physician, <laughs> take a little blue pill. All right, so first off, we'll start light here. Last week, we talked about cat women and how many cat women there had been, and our good friend D Square chimed in and said. If the cat woman or girl from Gotham counts, that is nine. Oh, I forgot about that. Carmen Bifen something or other. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I tried so. to block I tried to block Gotham out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's good advice. I'd I'd, I'd advise that for everybody, but she <laughs> I think counts. a lot of people did. So yes. we have nine. So nine, nine lives. 
Hmm, number cat women after this. There seems like they it seems like DC could do something with that. Yes. Nine lives of the cat woman. I don't know. I'm knocking stuff over here. Right. You know, they're gonna do they're gonna do the flash thing, so might as well There you go. Load this up with Catwoman. Yep. Um <laughs> Is Eartha Kitt still alive or did she pass away? No, no, she passed I believe okay. she's passed away. Because I know Julie Newmar is still alive. I think is Julie Newmar the only one that's still alive? God, Julie Newmar, the, the, the Lee, best Catwoman of all alive? time. Oh Amen brother. Two yes. Like you could still look at Julie Newmar and the Catwoman stuff, and it's to this day, it's still like whoa. Like and, and Eartha Kit was wacko. Oh, as the Catwoman? No, no, just just as life. a normal person. She I don't was know anything wacko. about Eartha Kit. I just I know. I know she she little. played she played Catwoman in real life. Basically, she was she was wacko after that. But she was in Harlem Nights with Eddie Murphy, and that's the only thing I think about. When I think a great about person, still a wacko. A long time ago. Yeah. Did you meet her or something, John? Are you reading? Like, I don't, I don't no, know. no. It's just I, I I saw a couple of interviews with her. I don't know, maybe fifteen years ago, and it always stuck with me how weird feisty? she was in real life. Hmm. Not not feisty, just the way she talked. Like she was still talking like Catwoman. But, but that's how she like, talks. That was her actual voice. Yeah. I, I yeah, but but like not 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 playing. She was, perf- she was I think she was performing a lot of that. I think that was a lot of just. How she who had she that was, yeah. Rhythm in her voice, like that was just how that's terrible. And I think no, it, yeah, but it wasn't just the voice. It was I don't I don't know. It was. It was and just, I think that's why they, me as really weird. I think that's why she probably was picked to play Catwoman because she that's delivered. what they were looking for. Oh yeah, yeah. she was. She's very different than than Julie Newmar in the role. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think maybe it's because it was the '60s, but the sexual tension with Batman and Catwoman completely disappears when when Eartha Kitt comes, and she's like way more like harsh. Yeah. You know, it brings like a different edge to the character. The stories are much different because, you know, with Adam West and Julie Norman, it's like, all right, would you two just get a freaking room already? Come on. Yeah. You yeah. know, with with the other kid, it was a little different and they never addressed the change. No, no. And that was a very striking change because striking, you know, it was still the 60s and Eartha Kitt's not a white woman. So, well, you can't talk about Catwoman from the 60s without talking about Batwoman, who was introduced <laughs> In True. the 60s. Swish from downtown. That was nice. <laughs> so, of course, we had talked about Leslie Grace has been cast as Batgirl for the upcoming HBO Max film. Hmm. And coffee-fueled Ed Screamer <laughs> chimed in again this week and said, Honestly, never seen her in anything. Or if I have, then I've forgotten. No opinion. So good luck to her on this. Hope she nails it. And the film is great. I think my understanding, the only thing she's been in is The Heights. I'm, I'm not familiar with her, but this this gift that you've chosen is something. Yo, she's a singer. That's from like one of her music videos. It's something, man. <laughs> it was like I was scrolling past. You know, I, I get to see all you. I get to see these tweets when you all see these tweets. So stop yelling at me about them. Um, and I was like, and I was stunned. I'm like, whoa, who? And I'd actually read it. I'm like, wow, that's her. She's gorgeous. So she and she's only been in videos. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Except Fair. for in the heights. Yes. Very curious. I, I got to see In the Heights. So I've heard good things. Yes. Well, if if you if you don't see it In the Heights, you can say, what if? So we talked about what not if. As, not as good, but <laughs> not not um, stretch. We talked about the what if trailer last week. And one of my favorite ta- usernames on Twitter, Nunya Business, said, everything Marvel has done the last five years has been a what if. I, I thought I that know. was interesting. What does that mean? Because... My guess is this is one of those. I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a nice political way to say this. I'll just say 
fanboys who gets upset that things aren't translated word for word from the comic books and you know they take liberties with things like combining sylvie and 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 female loki or you know what they did to the mandarin in <laughs> iron man 3 or well that was a tragedy but but you know what i'm saying like so it's been, but that's been like from day one like, exactly yeah. you can't you they, can't yeah, you, you go ahead, Dave. You were going to say exactly what I, I was going to say. You can't take fifty years of comics and make it into a two-hour movie. Like it's impossible, right? You just take the highlights of the best storylines and the, and the concepts and make it work with what you have, you know. But and you can't take the original stories too because they're just, you know, like well, you're going to. A lot of them have aged out. Like a lot of those origins and stories, especially Marvel, are so rooted in like sixties Cold War, yeah. like the. Fantastic Four. I don't know if the Fantastic Four origin works as well without that, you know, the whole Cold War stuff. And we have to beat the Ruskies. And, you know, I, don't, I mean, that's a big part of their origin. I think you I think you might lose a little something. Right. Taking it out of it. That's personal pain. I could be wrong, but it's so there, there's know. there's just not as much interest or like uh, wonder. Wonder. In, that's a great in, in the yeah. idea of of challengers of so, the unknown, like, when yeah, yeah, the, yeah. because we're like we're used to seeing. Hey, we 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 just we have one one of the uh, satellites that we were sent out like in the in the eighties is already just past the heliosphere of our ga- of our Bro, solar billionaires. System. Billionaires like, just go to space now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, um, it's just, yeah, it's just, so here's an interesting here's an interesting thought. Uh, you because you just mentioned aged out, and it's a, that's a really good important point. Two thousand. X-Men is probably the last time you could have gotten away with Magneto's origin story. Oh, yeah. Because you can't do a, a, a World War II uh, Holocaust survivor now and have it believable. No, you can. You just have to change <clears throat> how the mutant powers act, right? You say so the magnet. You, you have to like, oh, the magnetism slows down his age or something. I guess, yeah. That's what they're but doing yeah, in the comic because he's but, still like that in the comics, right, Don? Yeah, but it, at this point, it's like every time he, <laughs> every time he goes to rip the, the 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 metal out of Logan's skeleton, he has to watch out. He doesn't pop the pins out of his own hip. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean but to you know, be fair, it's, if anyone could control the pins in their own hip, wouldn't it be Magneto? Yes. yes. Yeah, he is but, the master of metal. I mean, you yeah. should have a band. How has no one done this? Masters <laughs> of metal? have a metal band. Like, how has that never been a thing? The masters of metal? The master of metal. It's I could see the be logo in my head. Don, I, I, I think, I think <laughs> every metal band you. has thought that that was their name. <laughs> well, yes, but I mean, specifically for Magneto. Imagine Magneto with like the Metallica logo, like that wicked looking M. That, that's surprise. That's not a thing. That Don, would let be me kind know of metal. It, doesn't work. it would be metal. <laughs> the definition of metal. metal. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know what else would be metal? A Michael B. Jordan Superman movie. I okay. You've gone too far now. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 you tried. Nothing there. You tried. Uh, okay. All right. All right. So we Ooh. talked about Michael Ooh, B. I Jordan. See this- this tweet is, ooh, get ever, I was it, not expecting this one. Continue. Uh, is uh, producing and possibly starring in, he hasn't confirmed that he's starring in it yet, a Earth 2 Superman uh, story for uh, HBO Max. And we were retreated by Scott, who's at Kid Named Scott. Not my friend Scott from Take an E from Marvel vs. DC. Um, mm-hmm. A different Scott. He starts to, Scott. He, th- this tweet starts out okay. This is DC's problem now. They are having so many characters they can introduce, yet want to keep giving us Batman and Superman. I wholeheartedly agree. We are effing tired of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally agree. Static yes. shock for crying out loud. Static well, shock I mean, is there. Thank it's you. funny. Joey DeCarlo on the So Wizard podcast made an excellent point where it's like, what about Icon? Here's the truth. This is the cold hard truth that people don't like hearing. Films are a business. Oh, right? I know. You need to make money. We're and, definitely going to be talking about that later. And like, <laughs> that, I'm looking forward to it. And like, you, there's, is an Icon, I mean like, it's just like there was like people that were like, oh, I don't know about this when Marvel launched Iron Man, right? And Iron Man is a was yeah. before two thousand eight was a semi familiar. It was a semi familiar property. Yep. I like Icon, great concept, but that is obscure as hell. This is true. Static like, Shock's a little more mainstream than Icon. It's a little more mainstream. It had a cartoon. Like I'm right. all for making it. I'm all for making a Static Shock movie. But mm. I mean, like he's if been you put in the my, Titans too. So. Yeah, exactly. If you and then Young Justice, mm. and like if you do a Static, if you do a Static Shock movie with a real actor attached to it, yeah, that could work. But if you put Icon out there, remember they tried to make Steel with Shaq. <laughs> that <laughs> made no well, the that Shaq. That I mean, made come no on. sense. It, it also didn't make no dollars. Right, but. You know, it was a shack thing. But like, but what I'm saying is like, I oh, want that was for such that lame ass punk. Come on, guys. That, <laughs> that was such an obscure. That's what I mean. There's more people know who Steel is than Icon. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly. But yeah, but so so there's so many other so many other heroes that they can. Yeah, but do. they but they can make money. Let's worry. Hey, here's another crazy. Let's let them do the 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 right ones right first. Let's no. figure well, out we're, Batman and Superman. Right, they haven't even done a good one yet. That's what know? I'm saying. Meanwhile, so, Marvel's like, turning stuff like Garrett into the galaxy into like the greatest superhero movies of all time. They've and, earned and they've earned that. And we're getting a we're getting a, a Suicide Squad movie in a couple weeks that has some obscure ass figures in it. Polka Dot Man. The and Weasel? It might, but it the, might end up being the best DC I, movie ever. It might be I, Dave, I predict that when we come on to review this show, we will all agree with that sentence. Because it was made to be fun and not like you can already tell that it's got color in it. <laughs> it does have color. It's got a polka dot man in it. And then uh Gorilla Brain Podcast said, It's fine with me with love and Earth 2 movie. So Yeah, I agree with him. Yeah. Nobody, I mean I don't, I, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. I've like, seen Earth 2. Yeah. But uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Here we go, the main event. Oh dear goddess. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So <laughs> Let me, I'm trying to be, hold on. Let me look at let me look at your face first before we start here, JD. See how? All right. So first off, of course, we talked about the Masters of the Universe last week. Oh, first question before we even get into this: Have no. you watched it yet? No, I've been watching the Olympics. You <laughs> okay? Right. Well, I have a five-year-old. I have, with what time? And my wife's been sick. Uh, honestly, that is a better use of your time. Is all those things. <laughs> Um, I mean, it, I'm not saying it's good. From what I gather, it's very average. Hmm. It's like that's what that's from, you know, that's from the the majority of even positive reviews of people. Even people who like it are like, well, it's okay. As you long know? as as long as you don't come at it with the in your head of all of the political, all of the sociological. Well, okay. It's crap. hard not to right now. To be I know with that's you. the right. problem. So Hold I haven't so, gone out of my way to watch. So in the absence of that, with, it's exactly what you start, said. Um, let's start with a couple positives here. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, Todd Matthew said, "Hey Todd, honestly, hey, a Todd. great nuanced conversation about Masters of the Universe Revelation, right?" So they appreciated our conversation. Who did he mix us up with? Marky uh, Mark from So <laughs> Wizard said, "It's enjoyable, definitely made for adults that played with the toys as kids and knows these characters." Fair. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. some folks are upset about whether it's truly a He-Man story, and it's 
so damn obvious that it is. I don't know if we're watching the same show, Mark. You and I got to talk. Oh, but, but, yeah, but it's an He-Man story. But I think the second half will really clarify that. Brett Dupre said, I thought it was fun seeing my childhood toys come to life. It was very satisfying. The story is intriguing so far. It is much more thoughtful than I expect from a show based on He-Man. The source material is pun-filled, silly toy line commercial. Yeah. For what it's worth, Brett Dupree, great hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is it where this is going now? Have we reached a certain age? I'm looking at the man's hair and going, hey, you got good hair. Well, yeah, I... Yeah, I have, a, I have a newfound respect for long hair because I've learned firsthand how difficult it is to manage. So, And how long it takes to dry. Right. Qatar, and, yeah. Qatar Carter Hall. Carter Hall. That's like a Qatar play, Hall. Yeah. Planned Hawkman. Oh, okay. With part one, I think it could have been better waiting for part two to see what happens next. That is the most realistic, nuanced take anyone has on this material. Exactly. Yeah. I think so. And then we have... Oh, boy. Please read this one, Dave. Cracker <laughs> Cracker with Wisdom <laughs> said, Great podcast, guys. Probably the best discussion about Master of the Universe Revelation I've heard so far. Well, thanks, man. So Thank you very much. Which was funny because he was retweeting... Uh, a thing about uh, Kang. A thing about yeah. Kang. Exactly. It was like, Whatever. Okay. Thanks, though. Appreciate but it, it does prove that he actually listens to the, to the show. show. Right. Yes. Thank we you, app- Mr. Yes. Cracker. So... Before we get into this next part, because it was, you know, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, folks. Um, uh, I've come to sometimes I've, it's a giant penis. So continue. Uh, <laughs> I thought we weren't going to talk about Batwang anymore. Uh, um, I, any chance I can get to I've shove Batwang in, I'll take it. I, I, I've I've come to an interesting. Gotcha. I've come to an interesting. My nose. My teeth just went up my nose. I've come to an interesting. Batwang went up your nose. <laughs> Sorry. I want to propose. I want to propose an idea. About Batwang going up John's nose. No. Uh, Same bad time. <laughs> okay. I'm Same back. bad orifice. So. Dave, go ahead. <laughs> Hurry up. Before I lose it. Is it possible that Mattel, Netflix, and Kevin Smith are all doing this on purpose? Making no. a show to make money? Yes. I no, not making a show to make money. Allowing, uh, way the handling things and allowing this controversy to build. Uh, you know, there there are controversies that have been out there for the sake of making a controversy to dr- gin up interest in a show. This doesn't feel like that. I disagree. I think that, I think Kevin Smith probably had a pitch and it involved taking He-Man off the table for a while and letting him explore the cast. And I think Mattel said, that'll cause some waves. It's different. Let's do it. Right. Got it. If Mattel didn't want this, they wouldn't do it. Oh yeah, I'm not saying that. Like yeah. exactly. Like they 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 all know what they're doing. Right. I mean, that's that's not the thing. But like I've been looking at this whole thing where it's like the original poster for the show has He-Man front and center of the poster, right? The the trailer that we reviewed on the show. It, I want to say 75% of the clips in that trailer show He-Man. But how how else would the how else would they look? I mean, it's a, it's I mean, it, it's called Masters of the Universe. But what I'm is saying is, hint, but it's not. What I'm saying is, yeah. the people that are upset because they sold them a He-Man show are right. Like, it doesn't feel like a He-Man show. Now, if I, I guarantee, if it had come out and said we wanted to explore Eternia without He-Man, people would have been like, "Uh oh, 
JD, we lost JD. I just got a direct message from a professional wrestler because I jokingly called him a fat samurai on my other show, and it literally just came through. And this, this sorry, it derailed <laughs> me because I thought I was about to get screamed at by someone semi-famous. Oh, okay. I'm good. We're good. Uh, okay, We're good. okay, okay. I got to turn notifications off on my phone so it doesn't happen again. Sorry. <laughs> so I think if you would come out and said we at least part of the show we're going to explore the world of attorney without he-man people would still be on board with that and no one would have no one would have blinked twice when the first half came out but because last year when it came out that oh they're gonna get rid of he-man in the beginning of the show and then it's gonna be about tila and then kevin smith came out and adamantly denied that i kind of feel like that's really what the problem is is that not so much that the show isn't about he-man is that people feel they were lied to and betrayed yeah but that doesn't like usually when this this kind of thing happens it turns out to be a tempest in a teapot but this but this like kevin smith is is dealing with a, a crap ton of hate being thrown at him now along with you know a lot of other people because of this thing and i i don't think I don't think he's a stranger to hate being thrown to him. Like he's no, you know but this is, he's, this he's is had a lot a, more than he's used to. I mean, he's he's had a lot of people, you know, not like him over the years. But yes, okay, let's let's do this. Yeah, I know we're, we've kind of jumped back into it, haven't we? No, let's let's do this. Uh, I have no qualm with people taking issue with art, right? Either stuff works for someone or stuff doesn't work for someone. Mm-hmm. That's perfectly. It's perfectly fine to be subjective and to have legitimate criticism. And I thought. Dave, I think that your criticisms of the show are, are largely legit. Like, I might not agree with everything, but I haven't seen the show. So what do I have to agree with? Like, I think that the way it's, I think the way you presented on the show is fair and even, and I get it. You don't like the idea of it being, you felt like, again, similar to me in Iron Man 3, you felt like I was sold one thing and given another. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. What I don't like is people tagging a guy on Twitter and like making sure that it's people that you show up in your, in his mentions to make sure, you know, everyone knows that the guy you're making fun of knows you're making fun of them. Yeah. Right. I don't think, I just don't think that's a cool thing to do. Okay. That was my, and that's my criticism is like, you know, I don't like what, like you could make that joke and you're, are you wrong with it? No, I just think it's, I thought it was a shit move to tag the guy in it. Who's clearly not enjoying going through this because they are people too. Right, just because you happen to be famous and you happen to have been doing this for a while, doesn't mean that you that you should wake up to Twitter with eight thousand mentions saying how much of a piece of shit you are because you didn't like He Man. Times that by ten, apparently. That's what I'm. I mean, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, I don't think that's. We just talked about mental health stuff with Simone Biles, right? And I don't, I don't see how this doesn't carry over because it's an artistic endeavor. And I'm saying you are perfectly in the right to not like the show. No one's saying you have to like the show. I just don't think you need to tag the guy. I don't think anybody needs to. I, don't, I think that if you're making it like, I just joked about this this wrestler guy I called the Fat Samurai on on a show. I didn't tag the guy. I didn't say, hey man, make sure you see this. He found it anyway, right? And like, it's one thing to make a criticism, even make fun of somebody's things. Because Kevin, Kevin Smith made a career to making fun of people too. But I just don't think it's okay. good to say, hey bro, look that I'm, hey bro, look, I'm making fun of you. That I just think that's okay. That's good. Okay, so so. Obviously, people who don't follow us on social media don't know that. So it was just a tweet. It was just a joke. Uh, it, was it, was a, it was a meme. He-Man protected Grayskull for over 200 episodes and Skeletor never won. Teela protected the castle for five episodes and Skeletor became the master of the universe. Right. I don't see it that way just because Kevin Smith has three million followers on Twitter. And I'm sure he gets tagged 80 million times a day. And he right. probably 
does not pay attention. No, he does. Of- pay, he's talked about how he has paid attention to this yeah. and how this has been really hard on him because he's yeah. getting it a lot. And that's what, and that's what I'm saying is like, it's when you're out there, you run the, like any, we have this, like, like society has this idea that because you have a blue check mark by your name, you are that, that all of a sudden, like the, the needless hate tweets don't mean anything to you. And it's not true for a lot of cases. It's like, cause people do get, like, I'm not saying you did. Yours was, was a simple, was a harmless joke. Cause it really was, but that's not everybody who's coming at Right. Me. I didn't, I did not say Kevin Smith's a, a no, loser for was, doing this. It was a joke was, about the show, but there was, but I'm saying like when you're tagging there, you, the joke about the show is a joke about the show. I don't get the necessity of tagging the man in it mm-hmm. so that he knows we're making fun of him. And it's, and it's not really a joke because a joke is usually based on, you know, reality and a, a quirk of, of society that joke makes no sense because it's, it's not, it's not a joke because it's like, yeah, the original show uh, was all just, again, it's those pizza anyway. cutter episodes that were supposed to sell toys. This was an actual attempt at a serious, you know, not even a reboot, but a serious extension of, of the original show. Like things are going to change. Like otherwise it's just the same show and nobody's going to have in- any interest except three-year-olds that they're, that the mom is trying to get off their back for a little bit and, and sit and them and down in front of a TV. The comparison, like I said, is it, is, I don't think it's apples to apples because like one is a show yeah. directed for, like you said, children. Another one is a show directed for those children that have become adults and should, and like the idea was to grow the material up. But again, if you didn't like the material, that's, that's fine. My only qualm is like, you know, when someone reaches out to someone and say, Hey man, just a reminder, you suck. You suck. Yeah, exactly. I just don't. I think. I think we're better than that, to be honest with you. Well, we'd like to, but we know. I mean, we know like, society well, no, I just, really. Has I just mean like us. That. Like, I think like we hold our like we're. I think we're. Po- I think our well, show. Like when I say positive, I mean it's like we don't critique things or disagree with things. Like that's 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 our appeal. That's what we do. Like we all have three very distinct voices. I just don't think that we need to be involved in in like the problems with social so, media. Right, right. Except so it, for Zimmer. Except for Zimmer. So and we so, even tagged Hans Zimmer like Hans Zimmer, you suck. You Zimmer know? isn't on Twitter. So I um anyway. I know I tried. I mean um, uh, <laughs> so but what fascinated me were some of the reactions, right? Like and I get what you're saying now, JD, and and and, and I appreciate your 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 critique on it. And I get it. But like I kind of think like and this is where I kind of feel like part of the divide is you get this feeling that there are people that, again, feel like I said, and I and I'm not saying I'm one of them. I'm just saying I kind of feel like there's people who felt they were sold a He-Man show, and they didn't get a He-Man show. Yeah. And I and I do think there's people that are just a Kevin Smith fan, and it, and he can do no wrong. Sure. So I think that's where the divide is with with the fan base on this, and and like because I haven't seen I haven't seen one response where it's like here's the, sh- the show is great and here's why do you know what i'm saying i've it, it, like like you said most of it it's like it's okay yeah i don't i yeah. and again i think a lot of it's because it's an unfinished project so it's hard to make a like this is not designed to be an episodic show this is a serialized show so it's hard to make an it's hard to say this works this doesn't work when you're only presented half a story i think i think the major problem with the show is the way in which netflix has chosen to release it right, right. i think that's a big they've opened themselves up to this kind of stuff. But 
like I said, I think that a lot of I know for my I know I had a friend that was that was very active in this, and he was kind of on my side where he he's like I just don't well, like re, you know like what I said basically. Well, like well, here's the thing that here's the wait. thing that got me. The first response from your friend, uh, yeah. if I'll leave his name out if you want me Jeremy, to. Jeremy, you know he listens to the show. He's actually a big fan of ours. For a group of people who claim it's such a travesty, maybe you could have found a meme where the deprecated characters' names were actually spelled correctly. Skeletor. So. My, my 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 issue with that response is you didn't listen to the show yet before you responded because we never no one on this ever said the show was a travesty no no and that's you're not you got a point there and that be, but it becomes part of the discourse you know and unfortunately with something like this you're it's so polarized right it's like you're either on the right or the left i don't mean that politically speaking i literally just being like you're you're on one side of the fence or another side of the fence when it comes to these things and like very few people are are in the middle right right and, See, but, and, and then, but we're we're kind of in the middle because, like I said, it is, it's, it's it not is. a great show. It's an okay show, and it the, should it should have been able to stand on the half that they gave us. I think, and it doesn't really. It's not bad. Like it, here, no, you want to know what my main issue with the show is? Is it feels like, and I said this last week, I feel like he's using death as a gimmick to show stakes. But at the same time, I don't think the deaths are going to be permanent, so the stakes are meaningless. Well, that's, yeah, nobody's ever done that before. And but well, I, but I think yeah. it's going to. But that's the whole thing is like you're playing it as super serious and you're killing off all these characters. But but I think a lot of people, a lot of them are going to come back at the end, and it's going to be cool. Well, then what was the point? To be fair, that's the criticism of mainstream comics for the last two decades. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I, it's I agree. Criticism. It's the same criticism. It's very tropey. I think if you like, if you look at the meme itself, right? Like if you look at the meme itself, the top image is, is this big muscular He-Man. You know, and the bottom image is Teal. I don't know who the other woman is, but it's two women, right? So it's not hard. Now, I'm not saying you didn't create this meme, right? But I get where you're coming. But it's what because I read it the same way he did. It is not hard to read this meme as misogynistic. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's like, it's not just Tila. It's Tila and another woman. Yeah. That's true. And all I those rumors of it, of, of them, you know, let, let's face it, they, the, you know, all the people are going after because, oh, it's a bunch of lesbians now. It didn't, it, the, the storyline didn't come out like that. Now, now hold on. I didn't get that either. And I saw the review. Right. I saw, I saw two reviews online where they weren't bashing the show. They were actually like giving it a fair review. Mm-hmm. And and one was a woman. I'll say that. I don't know if that makes a difference or not. Both of them were like they picked up on vibes. And I don't know if that's if that's true or not. And you know, they said it felt forced. They said but, the they said the vibes feel forced because they don't they don't straight to come out and and do anything that makes you think they're they're lesbians. But but I those don't know. were those reviewers were probably so bombarded with all of the Maybe. all of the stuff around going around on this that human psychology. If you are constantly told, look, you're going to see this, you, know, I, you, I, you'll, you will pick up on quote unquote I mean, the whole cues thing is, that make that make you think, hey, is, maybe that's true. The whole thing is, I did not, I did not see any of that kind of stuff in this show at all. Like, so, like, yes, you can throw a lot of those criticisms out the window, you know. So, well, yeah, but yeah. we've tried some little messaging on you, and it doesn't work. So, you know, it's I mean, like, you know, I, you, I, your not, your mind is very close to that, yeah. so you would only come up with your own. So I was listening to an interview with Brian Fuller on the Kingcast, and he's the he was the showrunner on on Hannibal, and mm -hmm. he's doing a he's doing a I think Christine the Stephen King adaptation. He's he's very out queer, and he was talking about queer coding uh -huh. in art and how you know gay, lesbian, LGBTQ, however you say it, people can find not find things that aren't there, but they can read the coding 
in something that that maybe is there that we as straight white guys don't see you know and True. i haven't seen the show so i'm not like saying this is this or this is that but if if you say people are saying this is this is it possible i don't know i hate even throwing this out there because i don't know but is it possible there is some kind of coding going on where if you're if if you are you see it and you i don't know i don't even i even so, regret bringing that up yeah um I, th- so, I think it's just it's there's so many people so many of the people that don't want to the misogynists they so many of them out that. there are, are saying it that other that people like us are like we're being bombarded with that when we go to watch it it's like oh maybe that's that looked a little bit like i mean i I, there I, and, I, I will uh, say i have know, watched stuff where i feel like it's for it i feel like it's being forced down my throat i you know well, what that, I'm that's just the writing like you know, that's I didn't what I'm say saying. Yeah, when it's ba- when it's bad writing, you can tell when it's being forced. Like right. the an friendship agenda. was being forced. Like she need she needed she needed somebody. She she needed a, a guy Friday on the outside of the the in the internal group in order to drive the plot along. Right. So well, it's weird because one because the one reviewer said they thought the the show would have been better if they made that character male. And I'm like, why? See, no, that doesn't make sense. It's that doesn't just, make they just right. needed another character in order for to play off of her while she was right. out in the outs with the rest exactly. of the Exactly. Like, so, I get it. Like that's yeah. the whole point of that character is is someone to interact off of. And right. yeah. But it was rushed and the and the, the relationship wasn't very well defined. And so that yes, that's part of the problem. So they, make, you just, they make it completely open for you, this you, kind you of catch up. You catch up with them, it's you, you get the feeling like it's years later and all right. of a sudden. You don't even know how they met or anything. Exactly. Like, so the whole thing was rushed a bit. A mega level nerds podcast chimed in with, to be fair, the whole group did not claim it was a travesty. Again, I never said it was a travesty. Oh, those going, words, those words were not used. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't, I can't. I'm going yeah. to skip the next person because they started out with, you know, foul language. And it's like, obviously you didn't listen to the show and you don't understand. Sorry. Um, no, not I you. Was jo- I was joking. I was joking. Uh, Bit boy Hendrix said the way so many of these types Oh, never mind. Uh, conduct themselves on to handle this disappointment. I really hesitate to label them as adults. Again, you didn't listen to the show. You just you're you're just jumping on to a conversation that you don't know what's going on. Our good friend D Square did give us a, a, a gif. It's Sam from uh, Falcon Winter Soldier saying he's out of line, but he's right. Thank you, Don. <laughs> Love oh. you, my friend. The bomb. Bob Foster said, so were the drapes worth the quarrel? Is that from something? I think it is, and I can't think of what it is. And then Megan Podcast to Crazy Joe, like there was some back and forth, but I, you know, always the the the, the ABC, he used this opportunity to plug his show where he talked about Masters of the Universe. Uh, See, there you go, man. Wait a minute. Always be closing on Twitter. I didn't have a chance to listen to your new episode did you discuss the toxic crybabies that have been complaining about this new show? I did a punched in the junk video about them. So go check out uh, Mega Podtastic over on YouTube Bravo. and their podcast, wherever podcasts are available. That's a hell of a plug, man. Great work, boys. I will give you that. And then, and then finally, I'll just say Critical Ant Man said they did Tila dirty. Again, it was just. Well, they, they did. I mean, they did. Uh, again, with the bad writing, it's like she went from. From the protector, well, and you know, and, and the new man at arms to the, like to, cry, ba- cry baby and, and all insulted within five seconds that, that, in the, in the yeah, first exactly. episode. Yeah, there, so. exactly. There's, there's turns that happen in the show that just don't work. They don't make sense. Her, her yeah. quick turn, 
in the first episode, Evil Lynn's turn at the end, the fifth episode is like, just feels like it comes out of nowhere. And it's just like, yeah, like they're again, rushed, like you said, rushed. There are definitely things that are rushed in this show mm-hmm. and not, not developed properly. So, yeah. So you got to watch it, JD. You got to give us. I want to wait till before, I want to. There's no way I'm going to give it a be able to give it a fair watch at this point. Yeah, there's not. I'm going to wait till the second. I'm going to wait till the second part was released and then just do the whole thing. So I can at least give it. Perhaps that's cheating, but I think that, no. I, think I, that, I, I I agree. I agree. I do think, and I think that was. And again, it's also why I kind of think this is partially planned because we have no idea if the first, if the second half redeems any of the issues in the first half. So you kind of feel like, did they only release five episodes on purpose? Because it's the first time Netflix has done this. It's it's not going to redeem the the bad writing. They first always they they always released everything at. at together right netflix has never broken things up before as far as i know the the transformers war for cybertron series is broken up oh i didn't know that okay i'm behind i gotta catch up i watched the first third and i really liked it i watched the first episode of the second part like this is really good and i've never turned it back on okay i haven't watched i haven't watched this at all so yeah because i know like the castlevanias they released all together i know any other shows they've released the whole season at once so yeah um so we'll see. You're right. I'll give you that, JD. Wait till the whole thing comes out. Mm. So I'll say this. If you want to join us over on social media and join the fun, here's our good friend D-Squared to tell you hey, you can follow us on social media and be part of Social Media Madness. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of Social Media Madness? Make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast as well as some other great content. Check the site often because we are posting some great comic reviews as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at Superhero Speak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. Thank you for that, Don. Don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerds podcast, available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. And on that note, we'll take our first commercial break, and we'll be right back with the news. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. And we're just going to start with the big one, because everyone's been talking about this. A lot has been coming out about it. This is crazy and it's not crazy. It's 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 standard operating procedure for Hollywood. Scarlett Johansson is mm-hmm. suing Disney over the release of Black Widow because, and she's got a point. The contract stated a theater only release, and they yep. released it simultaneously on Disney Plus and streaming and 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 theater. And as we talked about when we reviewed the movie. It is the most pirated movie of all time because they released it on uh, Disney Plus the same day. So, yeah, and Hollywood lives and breathes on its contracts. 
I'm amazed that they that they were this sloppy. So 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 here's, it here's is, isn't it for them? Yeah. Here's the fascinating thing about this is that since this is, news has come out, Emma Stone is now considering because of the Cruella movie, and there was one other star I can't remember who it was that's also talking about possibly was it from Mulan? One of the Mulan because that it might have out. been. It was one of it was one of the other ones that just came out where they released them both. So so actually, I want to JD, you're you're the one that's closest to the industry. At one you know, time, maybe. At um, one time, what, what 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 is your take on this lawsuit? It totally it totally violated the contract. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, but I think Disney's lawyers are a little. I think Disney's lawyers think they can outlawyer her lawyers. Oh well, that was the most disgusting thing. Did you see Disney's response? You know, I did not see that part of it. It was ugh. It was basically them going. Well, you know, if Scarlett Johansson doesn't have sympathy for COVID <laughs> stuff that we're going through, yeah. it's a shame, blah, blah. That's so covered. That's you, such corporate you, BS. You know what it reminded me of? And the biggest meme that's being passed around right now is that clip from South Park where the, where Mickey Mouse comes out and beats the crap out of the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know if you've ever seen that, JD. It's But it's like, it, he just, you know, Mickey Mouse comes out, the Jonas Brothers but, like, we but, don't want to wear our promise rings anymore. And Mickey Mouse oh, beats yeah, yeah. the crap yeah, 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 out of one. one. It's the, uh, they're like it's, the Jonas Brothers. They're the Jonas Brothers, right? With yeah. the promise rings. You'll wear the goddamn promise ring. That, right. Yeah, that's that is awesome. Do we have a problem? A sta- no, Mr. Mouse. <laughs> that's, that's what I a, thought. That is a statement that makes you go, they should have just kept their mouth closed. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Disney, man. They don't care. Yeah. Like, do I think this is going to get settled? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. She has said she doesn't want to settle. She yeah. wants to go to court with this. They she wants that. to set precedent. Oh well, boy, man. You I mean like this is where it gets risky, right? Yeah. Is an individual fighting. And again, I'm, I'm not a, oh yay, big giant corporations. We should worship them. But when you take a big giant corporation to court, they're going to, they're going to drag and they're going to, so, they're going to make it cost so much. Oh money. yeah. It, it'll take I'm 20 not, years to get it yeah. to the court. I'm not it's a legal scary. expert, but one of the things that's like, if the argument is ambiguity about the release in the contract, the law is ambiguity in a contract favors the person who did not write the contract. It does, but they're going to be, I mean, like it, if this was so cut and dry, they would settle immediately and they would not say stuff like they're going to, this is just, but I mean, I, I, I like, it's funny cause I've seen people online complaining about, Oh, it's just rich people fighting rich people. But Scarlett Johansson's doing this for a reason. Like yeah. her saying she wants us to go to court. She's fighting for other actors who are getting screwed over by contracts. Like this. I agree and this, with that. this would affect uh, actors that make way less than her right no for yeah the problem is is scarlett johansson has done nothing to kind of help herself over the last few years and she's kind of taken a little bit of a bad rep online hey so hey she of, could play yeah, a tree oh now saying. stop stuff like that stop with that though come but on i mean like at the same time it's there are certain people who don't elicit that type of sympathy and i think she's right like this contract clearly says it and like because yeah. warner had the same warner media had the same problem when oh god i'm blanking on the guy who directs dune the new dune dennis villanueva when he they said the same thing he said bullshit you are right when they said we're going to release it straight to hbo max mm-hmm. him and james gunn are both like you you're not we're not doing that this is what our contract says and warner media backed off and they had conferences well, what if we do day day Right. What if we do both? And there was, you know, discussion because Warner Media couldn't have Warner Media is not in the position Disney is. Warner Media so, had to play nice a little bit and they got what they wanted, but they had to cut some checks. Disney 
was just like, suck it. I'm not cutting you a check. This is what right. we're doing. And, right. and, we're not, and, and we're not going to rewrite the contract. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't rewrite a contract. I mean, like, they can offer it. They can say, they can say hey, we'll do this. And I do think they can add an amend- amendment. Yeah, an addendum, addendum or something. An addendum. addendum, yeah. They could, they could do that. They should have done that. They chose not to. Right. That's you know a what? big effort. I'll tell you what. Scarlett Johansson, because, again, we live in a misogynistic world, right? And female stars always get the oh what a bitch vibe they always mm. do that's just the way it goes the real test for a man it's is, assertive for a woman it's wait, being a bitch exactly right. yeah i'll tell you what we'll see who's really upset jungle cruise came out this week disney yeah. did the same thing let's see what Dwayne thinks about this oh, now yeah i thought Dwayne is unhappy then you're in trouble i thought i saw somewhere where i mean the rock <sighs> I, I think the rock said they asked The Rock, and he said he didn't. He had no plans to sue Disney at this well, point. Well, then, then that's the guy you need. But I want to say the Dwayne The Rock Johnson is, I think, a shrewd businessman. I think he's going to wait to see how does this go. I I agree because like it's a big, it's a tall task to stand up to Disney. Few people get away with it. I mean, like she's in a position of power where she's Scarlett Johansson. She's made a lot of money. Right. She can do this, but she's not going to get a lot of sympathy in the court of public opinion. Just because of who she is, right? No, she's that's not. She's not. It is. It's true. Like we live in a misogynistic world, and she's got. She said some dumb things in the past that uh, turned people against her. She's right for like, and I'm not defending Disney. She's right. They violated her contract, right? And again, if they because they'll violate, and that's the whole thing is that they'll violate a star's contract. They'll violate anybody's contract. And I'll bet you, actually, you know what? But people don't think like. It's funny because I was talking about this with someone else earlier, and they were like. Oh well, if 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 this goes through, Warner Brothers is screwed. But you're right, Warner Brothers paid, and they probably gave them settlements saying, "Now you're ta- you're giving away your right to sue." We don't have word from that, but that guys like Gunn and Villanueva have not have not freaked out. So I'm assuming that's contractually something was worked out, and there was some yeah. type of us. We don't know because he's a lot of NDAs with these things. But I think it is reasonable to assume something might have happened. As somebody who has been waiting for a settlement for nearly two years now, settlements take. Oh, I had a friend for ten years for you know for my last company that blew up, literally, literally blew up, yeah, literally, <laughs> yeah. literally, literally blew up. exploded. Like that was whole the whole thing is that like part of signing, uh, agreeing to the settlement was you know, you're taking away your individual right to you know file a different lawsuit. So that's what a settlement is. A settlement exactly. Is, we won't go to court. We're not admitting any wrongdoing. You're not admitting we did anything wrong. Right, so that's it's one of the biggest problems with our legal system. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, oh yeah. When it comes to when it comes to corporate law and stuff like that, absolutely. Yeah. So I guarantee that's what Warner Brothers did. Yeah, I guarantee it. And because Warner isn't Warner had a really rough year, so Warner Warner's doing this to kind of keep the lights on. Disney did not have nearly as rough a year, so they're they didn't think about it. Yeah. No, they they thought about it. They're not. They're Disney. They're not stupid. They what are they going to do? So, I mean, like, this is one of those, but again, it's the Van, this is the Van Halen Eminem ride. You guys familiar with this? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, David Lee, yeah, John isn't, so now I get to tell the story. Oh, David, David Lee Roth, I know. David Lee Roth would require that they had the, I believe it was a brandy sniffer full of, I believe it was either green M&Ms or everything but brown. Everything but green M&Ms. Yes, because, and the people would laugh about that. Like, that's crazy. He goes, no, if they get that wrong, they can't do that, then how do we know they did anything else that we put in this contract? I actually just it's recently a watched- test. That's interesting. Yeah. I just recently watched an interview with David Lee Roth. It was actually like shortly before Eddie passed away, and he was talking about that. And he said it was the nineteen. It might have been the night. It was either the Diver Down the or the 80, night. I think it was the eighty four tour. Okay, it was the eighty four tour. Exploded, yeah. And the whole thing was 
their stage was in like three pieces and had to be bolted together. Mm-hmm. And if not, it would have fallen apart. And, and that was that was what it was. If they miss that detail, how do we know that that stage isn't going to kill us tonight? And they wouldn't perform. If, mm-hmm. they, they, if they came in, they're green M&Ms, they wouldn't do the show. Because it's tip of an iceberg thing, yeah. right? And people didn't realize that they just thought it was diva. It was, it's become like rock and roll legend for like diva behavior. Uh-huh. But what it really is, is like it's a, it's a test. It's yeah. a test to see how how close the venue would follow the contract. Well, for for some of them, and then there are others that like. Well, no, for David, but for David Lee Roth. Oh yeah, for him, Roth yes, definitely, because they that was specifically what he. Well, yeah. he's got the reputation for this diva guy, and he's also got a reputation for being a flaming asshole. But he's also a very good businessman, right? Hmm. You need, it's it's uh, like he would have made a good lawyer to be honest. If he wasn't a rock star, he's got the the temperament of a lawyer. Like so, he, that's the kind of guy like you want an asshole like that on your side. Yeah. Hmm. Right. No, I, so, I yeah, I agree. So I agree. I I agree with Scarlett Johansson. I do think it's I think in the court of public opinion, I don't think she's gonna stand very well in this. I think they're gonna try to have to butter up. I like how you said the Dwayne the Rock Johnson, because that's that's a Dan Housen, that's awesome. I think that if he were to get on board, people would listen because he's the biggest star in the world. Well, it it's it's also sucks because you know, in things like this, you need momentum. And, and momentum usually requires like two or three more people to jump on, and then and the I, rest of them. And, I saw, but they're all they're all sitting there waiting for somebody else to do it. That's Disney, the whole thing, man. That's the whole thing. I saw another yeah. article where like there were someone was sitting there going, and I hate. I'm I'm so sick of this internet. Please stop this shit. I know they won't. And the I'm talking in general. I'm talking about articles like this. Angelina Jolie's other Marvel stars' silence on the matter speaks volumes. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. They're they're watching their own asses right now. Like it is. it's cover your own ass thing. Yeah. Like, and like again, their movie hasn't come out yet. So I mean, who knows what's going to happen with that? Yeah. Are we to assume that they're going to release? They're the same thing. Yeah, it's safe to assume that we are. We're backpedaling in the world. Let's be real. Things aren't as great as they were a month and a half ago. Yeah. So I mean, like you're going to see more of this, and, and it, I would it, like to see Disney do the right thing. This Disney is actually doesn't do the right thing. Oh my God! This is and this is an important point. I heard the reason we have not seen a No Way Home trailer yet, because at this point, they're not sure they're going to make the December date on that again. And you shouldn't show it. Right. Mm. Yeah. And now with this is throwing another monkey wrench. Also look at it like this too, right? Warner Media has HBO Max. Disney has Disney Plus. Spider-Man is not a Marvel property in technicality. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that won't be a dual release on on disney plus because right. it's sony it's not where would it go netflix we could assume netflix is not doing those kind of things yep we paid thir- my wife paid 30 bucks to watch jungle cruise this weekend with so the kid so it has to go in the theater there's nowhere else for spider-man to go yep i mean i'm sure disney be like hey come on we'll do that and they'd, i'm sure they would and i'm sure netflix is like hey you know we can make this work yeah but it is literally in Sony's- i don't think sony will i, I bet you disney made sure that it wouldn't go to netflix though no, they had, you're right. Well, I don't know. Well, they get no, I don't know. They get all the movies. Like all the Spider-Man movies are on Netflix right Sony now. Sony has a deal with Netflix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it goes that's over Marvel because Marvel is just in a creative capacity on those movies. They're not producers. They're not the studio. Right. Sony. So 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 it's if I'm Sony. That is my that's my biggest thing. They, I saw the Venom two trailer is out again, and I don't I don't remember what the release date of that is, but. Well, if I'm so, if I'm Sony, I'm holding off on that trailer and not showing anybody. Is that a segue? 
Yes. Are we done talking about the lawsuit? No, I didn't yeah. even know we were. Sorry. I, just, I forgot that that was the next topic. Um, <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. Like it played logically into it naturally. But like, but if I'm that, if I'm them, I don't, I don't put the, cause that's your big gun, man. Oh yeah. That's your, they don't have what, what Warner has. Warner's got a slate of really good movies coming out. Disney's got a slate of really good movies coming out. Sony, hmm, not much. you got Spider-Man. Yeah. You got to protect your investment. So, well, they do have Venom 2. Let there be carnage. They did release a new trailer today, which gave us our first look at carnage in the movie. John being the DC fan and not the big uh, Spider-Man fan that I and JD are. What did you think of Let There Be Carnage? I'm just not interested in that at all. I, I I'm really I'm kind of surprised. But then again, the, the original Venom movie for me was, as I've said before, it's like one of those movies I'd watch while I'm folding laundry. Uh-huh. But not really something like I'm really excited to see, you know? And and because and after seeing the original Venom, I'm just not excited to see this one either. It's not eh, I'm not I wouldn't go to the, the theater to see this one. Yeah. That's it's that's me, you know. But it's just eh, you know. What did you think, JD? Why do we have Spider-Man movies without Spider-Man? Yeah. Why do we have an old Woody Harrelson playing? No, I disagree. I think that's great casting, to be honest with you. I think Woody Harrelson playing Cletus Cassidy is great casting. Like, I really, I feel like I should like this movie, but I actually watched the trailer and I'm like, I don't like this movie. So, Mm. so I said it before when we watched the first trailer, I'll say it again. And it's even worse in this trailer. The odd couple feel between venom oh yeah and, and eddie come on that's not from the comics that's horrible i don't like there there are people out there who say they like it it's like no that's not eddie brock was a badass like he and he had anger issues and it's why the symbiote was attracted to him like now making him a wuss that that is like afraid of the symbiote it's like they're I, a band of wusses basically no, i mean like the whole there's no purpose for eddie brock without Peter Park. I just like, yeah. I don't know, man. Fundamentally, this whole none of this makes sense to me. Why do they look like Spider Man? Without Spider Man, exactly. Right. I just, I can't, I can't get the DNA of all this stuff. I can't wrap my head around. I mean, they look, special effects look all right. You know, yeah. Carnage looks about as cool. Carnage Venom look about as good as they can look with where we are. I don't love yeah. it. I don't I mean, love it, it but it kind of is what it is. And that's another thing. So then you end up becoming a heavily CGI movie. All movies are heavily CGI movies. Like this. I know, but you yeah, know but what I mean. This is bad. This is. But this doesn't is, look as great. Yeah. It doesn't look as great. I'll be honest with you. I feel like if this is, I feel like, I feel like if Marvel had done this or hired Weta or something, we would feel much. It would, it would feel and look a lot better. Like it just doesn't. I don't know, man. It felt it's like they spent. Landing. It felt like they spent most of their time on the tongues. Which if you're going to spend money on something, Carnage and Venom, you got to make sure the tongue is right. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a, it's a it's a trademark thing. Yeah, and it's funny though. Todd McFarlane hates the tongue. He, he didn't never, do it because he didn't do it. Right, right. Eric Larson created the tongue. Uh huh. Yep. And he hates it. And and then the whole like, I felt like they're copying the Hulk from Infinity War when the Venom when it come out and he's like begging the symbiote to come out in the fight and it was just like. Really? We did. We saw this. See, I felt like we saw this in Spider-Man 2. The original Spider-Man 2. Yeah, which Spider-Man 2? <laughs> like, good point, good point. The Tobey Maguire, like the, the Alfred Molina one. 
Yeah. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Where, where Peter has the uh, the twisties, if like his powers <laughs> just won't work. Right. Right. You no, know? for no like, reason whatsoever. For no, yeah, that's a very just that's the worst part about that movie. There's like ah, you just had it in your head. Yeah. They didn't really explain like oh, they kind of wrote that major plot point off very quickly. Otherwise, the movie's really good. They were trying to take the story from the comics, but they yeah, they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, didn't quite, quite yeah, land didn't, it. Didn't quite stick land. That's the only know. bad part of that, about that movie, though. I think this. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't like this. I don't like it. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter. They didn't. They didn't ask my opinion last time. Sony is hell. <laughs> Sony is hell bent on giving us Spider-Man movies without Spider-Man. I know. We're you know what get... this is? It's like it's like all these Batman things they do on like the CW, but they don't put Batman in them, right? Yeah. Or like when they had a Birds of Prey show back in the day. Oh my god! It was like all this Batman shit, but no Batman. But no Batman. Nope. That's how I feel about this. It's like, here, we're going to soak this in Spider-Man, but I'm not actually going to give you Spider-Man. He's off doing important stuff over here. <sighs> I, 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 I wouldn't even pay. I'm not even going to pay for it. Like, I'll wait for oh, it to I, be free on demand. I never saw Venom. I love Spider-Man, my favorite character. And you, did, you didn't miss Venom. anything. You know? I, 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 know I, I like Venom. I have most of the, the miniseries that came out in the 80s and 90s with Venom in them and the Lethal Protector and, and so on, and I yeah I I just I don't like these movies. <laughs> I mean, just it's not. You want to talk about doing a character dirty? They've done Venom dirty in these movies. Yeah, but can you do Venom right? Is they've never done Venom right really, and that's because Venom should not. And this is the problem with Venom from the get go, right? Is Venom is just supposed to be another villain, but he caught fire, and it's never quite worked. Yeah. The most success, the best Venom series was the Flash Thompson Venom series, the Agent Venom stuff from Rick Remender in the in the early teens. Yeah, that was a good book. You know, from that one, John. No, that's not one I've so read. Flash Thompson loses his legs in in the the Persian Gulf conflict. Oh, right. that I did not hear. Yeah, yeah, he gets. I don't know if that's still in continuity. I'm, I just bought a subscription to the new Spider Man because yeah. I like the new the new status quo they're proposing. So I'll bet I'll be able to I'll be able to update you guys on this soon. But yeah, and I think it was like 2009 or so. Flash Thompson loses his legs, and it's this really great story. But then you have Flash Thompson without legs, and they're like, "What do we do with him?" And Rick, I believe it was Rick Remender, had the idea of let's make him Venom. But this Venom was like a, a government super soldier. Yep. It was Agent Venom. It was a really good series. And that's after Matt Groening, or not Matt Groening. Matt Groening Matt from Groening. The Simpsons. Not Scorpion. Matt Grogan. Matt Grogan, yeah. Grogan, yeah, Grogan. Yeah, he loses uh, it. He loses right. it. Right, that was after him. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember the timeline. And then, then we got Anti-Venom, which was just... Anti-Venom was Eddie Brock with a positive... Like I love the Dan Smilot run. That is not my favorite part of the Dan Smilot run of Spider-Man. The Anti-Venom character. And that's all because he had cancer, right? Yeah, I remember correctly. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's why he auctioned off the symbiote. Yep. That was a Mark Miller. That's classic Mark Miller bullshit. The supervillain auction of the Venom symbiote. That's how Matt Gargan gets it in the first yep. place. Yeah. But yeah, that was uh, a good run. The, the the Flash Thompson Venom stuff was actually really good. Yes. I mean, and, and what if what if Eddie Brock never got the symbiote? That is a oh real quick. Did you hear the news status quo of Spider Man, Dave? I think you'll hate it. Oh, I'm sure I will. Okay. Peter's gonna die, and Ben Riley takes over again. Yes, again. <laughs> yes, I believe 25 years to the day. I think pretty sure this is why we're doing it because it's been the 25th anniversary. Which God, are we old of the clones? Up. Still, my favorite episode of this podcast. Which one? When we had Tom oh, Taco and Ron yeah, Friends on, and he talked about the Clone Saga. That was that was such a great conversation the story behind the clone saga is so fascinating but yeah we're gonna get a little clone saga nostalgia coming up 
So, so I bought a subscription. Nah, I, but I also just mean like they're replacing Peter Parker. They do that every few years. <sighs> they do. They do that every few years. They did it with uh, Otto Octavius about a decade ago. Yep. I'm so I'm not invested in this conversation. <laughs> they did the Ben. They did Ben Riley already. Ninety six, ninety five, ninety five. Yeah, ninety five, ninety six ish, around there. But yeah, they're bringing it back. We're bringing them back. I'm gonna read it. I'm curious. And then and then he'll go into a cocoon and come back to life and twice, <laughs> twice. Yes. Twice. No. This will be the third time. Well, see. I mean, I'm sure. Or they're... maybe Mephisto will just snap his fingers and. We'll go back to the the '90s Spider-Man that we all miss. As long as they don't give birth to himself after becoming a big spider again. Yes, that was a that was a thing that happened. That was a thing that is, yes. The, the point is, <laughs> the point is, when you have a character who's been around as long as all of these characters, and you've tried to have a single continuity throughout the entire history, you run out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you need to keep fresh people in there. It's hard because, but it's hard not to. Like God, think of the, it's not just been Amazing Spider-Man. There's been Web of Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man. You know, oh, yeah. like there's been so many Spider-Man books. Like I consider myself a fairly creative person. I got nothing. And then I don't think they're still doing it. But then they were doing Amazing twice a month. They're doing it again. They're they're back to Amazing three times a month. Three times, like. Instead of having multiple titles, they're just doing. Yeah, that's why they do it. So they get rid. Of, so you get rid of the multiple titles, and you get to keep to one uniform storyline. Yeah, but then see, then to me, that stifles the creativity. Maybe they have a where writer. you can have three three people working on three different stories at the same time. They're so. doing what they did in the um, like two thousands with the they're bringing back like the writers' room where it's a bunch of different right. people. But then they can also. Room. But then you can also argue. Well, something happens in Spectacular Spider-Man that, that doesn't affect. Yeah. What happens in Amazing? Well, blah, blah, blah. Well, that too. The arg- the big argument was nobody buys as many. You never sell as many copies of Web and Spectacular or whatever yeah. as you do of Amazing. Yes. So if it's all Amazing, and it worked. It worked for a long time during that early dance slot run. And don't forget, you had sold. just Spider-Man at one point. Todd McFarlane's, which later became Eric Larson's. Yes. Spider-Man. Can I go get another coffee while we Sure. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, see, he... We're about I was, to talk some Swamp Thing. I was I was about to you know I tried to do a segue to talk about the second what if trailer that came out. There which, really is no segue. Yes, I said, well, what if Eddie Brock never got the symbiote? I guess it's just another short trailer. Uh, they show more of Peggy Carter as Captain. Are they calling Britain. her Cap, Captain Britain in the show, or is it something else? Well, I, you're right. Captain Britain is a separate character, so I don't know if they're calling her Captain Britain. Didn't she say matter. she was Captain? Britain? Oh, you know what she did in, in the one trailer? Yeah. Which means the Captain Britain Corps is in play, which was a contemporary of the TVA. I, so. I, I was just glad the trailer came out because I wasn't sure the exact release date. Now I know it's August 11th because it shows it at the end of the trailer. I assume. We have, of course, they show Killmonger in the trailer. Yeah, I don't know. Look good to me. Still excited? For that, yes. <laughs> I don't like the animation all that much, but I don't know. You don't I'm like the what? Animation. I don't like the animation all that much. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Um, I don't know. You don't like the 3D computer not, generated? I'm going to watch it. It's just not really doing it for me. Okay. Maybe I'll change my mind when the show's actually on, but I don't know. So, last article. So, last week, we or was it last week we talked about uh, casting for Batgirl? Yes. Mm. It's uh, We just said Leslie Grace. And we said, oh, well, obviously she's not 
I'm trying to say, I figure out how to say this politically correct, but obviously she's not a white woman. So they're going with the different continuity. Perhaps they're going with the, 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 the Batman continuity coming out because we know commissioner Gordon is being played by the guy from Westworld. Shoot. You guys are getting quiet. Come on. I don't know what this, I, you know, this is, this is another one. I'm, but you know, I don't know. I'm kind of interested in it, but this came out that JK Simmons is actually in talks to return as Commissioner Gordon for the Batgirl movie. Well, anything with J.K. Simmons is automatically worth watching. Yeah, it, it takes it out of the Robert Pattinson. I mean, it's so weird to speculate. Yeah, that's it, Robert Pattinson. It's so hard to speculate on this stuff right now because they haven't they haven't stuck the landing with any, or actually they haven't actually done anything. It's hard for me to judge anything at the moment. Hmm. But again, we've talked about this before, though. The the whole issue is that when when you pull a character from one continuity into a different continuity, the assumption is that it's the same continuity, right? So if you're going to pull in Simmons, people are going to assume this is related to the DCEU. Well, you see, that's not how time travel works, according to Marvel. So you can yeah, pull anybody in from anybody. This is DC time travel, not Marvel time travel. And DC uh, time travel is Flash goes back and fucks everything up. Yep. That's, he always tries to save works. his mom, and that's always the wrong thing to do. How many times has he tried to save his mom? Twice. Every time. Once, I forget. At least twice. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I mean, I like J.K. Simmons. I liked him as Commissioner Gordon. I didn't have any issues with it, as little as he was in <laughs> uh, Justice League. Yeah, so, but I don't know. I mean, you're right. JD, though, like they really haven't stuck the landing on anything yet. We don't know what they're doing. Everything's up in the air. I don't know, man. This movie seems like it's definitely happening, but oh, it's probably going to happen. I just don't know. I don't know, man. We don't know anything. I want to. I want to wait till the Pattinson movie, bad movie comes up before I make a before I have like legit thoughts on anything because I feel like it's wasted energy and effort until I know what we're really doing. Yeah. Yeah. More interested in seeing where this goes than the Venom movie. Well, it's funny too because I heard. Somebody made an argument on another podcast similar to the one you just made, JD. How do you do Venom without Spider-Man saying, how do you do Batgirl without Batman? Making the argument that right, Batgirl, is, Batgirl is a Batman fangirl and that's why she puts on the cape and cow. No, you're not wrong. But you don't need Batman in the movie. You could just say he exists in the universe. No, I agree. I agree. And we've, and we've firmly, especially if this is uh, the Snyderverse as opposed to the Pattinson world. We firmly established. <laughs> we, Pattinson uh, world. We Copyright firm, super, uh, superhero, superhero speak. speak. We, fir- we, we know who Batman is. So I feel like we have a little bit more leeway. Do we know that, that Tom Holland is the Spider-Man of the Venom universe? Do we know that there is a Spider-Man? Like, there's too many open-ended questions in that one. Like, they don't acknowledge that there is a Spider-Man in Venom. Right, right. Like, at least in Batgirl, we, we're talking about Commissioner Gordon. Of course, he's a Batman. Yep. So I think it's a little bit of a different argument. There's a rumor that they... As long as they aren't humping, I'm fine. <laughs> There's a rumor they were oh, going boy. to do a Tom Holland cameo in the Venom movie, and then it got nixed the last minute. So I read that one, too. So, yeah, who knows? I don't know if that was Disney nixing it or not. Hmm. Say, John, you mentioned something interesting earlier about the Captain Britain Corps. Mm-hmm. Do you know who created the Captain Britain Corps? No, not off the top and of my head. More. Oh, of of course he did. You know what else he did? Go go for it. He did the swamp thing. He did not. He did do the swamp thing. He did probably the most epic run of swamp thing. And we will talk all about that after we come back from our next and final commercial break. 
messages. We'll be right back. And we are here with our main topic. We're going to be talking Alan Moore, Saga of the Swamp Thing, 1985 DC Comics. I want to point out that this is in continuity stories, so it's in kind con- of hard. To- in continuity in 1985. I don't believe it's in continuity currently. No, no, no. But what I no, mean by that after is the 52, 52, it's not a standalone prestige format story. Yes. We took we just took volume one, which is like was it ten or eight or eight or ten collected issues of Alan Moore's run and read it and then that's what we're gonna talk about. And so so let me start off with I'm not the DC guy here. I'm a Marvel guy. And the DC I've read read has always been Batman, Superman, Justice League, you know, your 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 main big heavy hitters. Your steak uh, and potatoes, DC. Your steak and potatoes, mm-hmm. yes. A swamp thing gets into the weird side of DC. Oh, the dark, the Justice oh, League dark does side. It, does it ever. Mm. Of course, I am familiar with Alan Moore. I've read, obviously, Watchmen is, is my one of my all-time favorite graphic novels. And then, unfortunately, Watchmen destroyed comics after that. But... Kind of did. It's kind of accurate. <laughs> Alan Moore will tell you the same thing. <laughs> yes, because that wasn't his plan. But, mm. but I got to say, this, this was interesting. It is so Alan Moore. So, yes. <laughs> so let's, let's go... I don't know, like, because this isn't a movie review. This is a discussion on a comic. But what was your initial impressions? We'll start with John. Have you ever read Swamp Thing before? And have you ever read this before? What I've read Swamp Thing, but this is a bit before when I, before I was collecting. Uh-huh. And so I, I'd never read this, this one before. And yeah, like the concept that this brings up of who, who Swamp Thing really is, is incredibly interesting. I guess Alan Moore is the one who introduced that. I don't know if that's still, again, like you said, in continuity that that he's not really him. So, but it, I, it's 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 Alan Moore's writing. Like, there's no way you can't tell that it's Alan Moore's writing. Right. And, and I, the the art, the art is a little bit more rough than I'm used to. But it, but it, it's it's rough edges kind of matches Alan Moore's writing. I don't have the book in front of me. Who's the who is the artist? I believe it's on? Rick Beach, but I will I will double check to make sure that. Yeah, no, John Totalben. John Totalben. Okay. Yes, John Totalben and Stephen Bissett is the what the letter? No, I think they both do art chores on it at various um, points. 
Yeah. So like, cause you know, there, there are certain panels in here where you're looking and it's like, eh, that kind of doesn't look right. You know, human anatomy doesn't look like that or, or, I mean, or it's yeah. like, you're looking, it's like you're looking through the bottom of a dirty glass at things, Yeah, but, but that matches horrible. Alan Moore. Yeah. It matches the, the, the storyline in Alan Moore's writing. So, you know, like you said, getting into so, the dark side of things. So, so JD, this was your suggestion for the week i assume you've read it before multiple times yes yeah yeah did you reread it for this did you catch did. anything new i don't know if i caught anything new but like and i could be wrong on that i just i really just caught it and read the story and enjoyed the story for what it is what i love about this book is right is alan moore picks up the pieces because when i believe it's len ween i could yes. be wrong i forget who he created it but i forget who had the previous run i oh. think it was ween I'm not 100 percent sure off the top of my head, but you leave in this because this the swamp like the, the swamp thing status quo has always been Alec uh, Alec Holland is the swamp thing when he mm-hmm. when he was you know Ant- Anton Arcane and the blows him up and he absorbs the swamp and he becomes a swamp monster and he develops a friendship with with Anton Arcane's niece Abigail who's mm-hmm. young when it starts Martin, off in the 70s Martin Pasco. Marty Pascal was the guy who was writing just before? Yes. The yes, late great Marty him. Pascal. So, yes. okay, yes. So those were Len Wein stories. Len Wein wrote about Swamp Thing and the Unmen and uh, an Arcane who, is, who turned himself into a monster. And then when Marty Pascal comes along, he introduces the Sunderland Corporation, right? Mm-hmm. So he has Swamp Thing against this big faceless corporation. And I believe he reintroduces an older Abby who's married to a guy named Matt Cable. And mm-hmm. there's a weird kind of relationship between them. But there's this, that's what the stories are. So nature versus nature versus corporation. You know, it's very, very simple stories that are good. Actually, I actually really like the the previous run, but it wasn't doing great. And they bring Alan Moore and Alan Moore finishes the story, right? He finishes Marty Pascal's story with the Sunderland Corporation. They capture the dead swamp thing, right? (laughs) Swamp thing is dead. And then the Floronic man, Jason Woodrew, if you've seen Batman and Robin, right? That mm-hmm. is the character played by John Glover. They do the autopsy, right? The, the the anatomy lesson is what the and then you learn what the swamp thing is. And from that point on, what I love about this is that he creates his own status quo, but rather than just forgetting what the other the previous writer did, he uses it to bridge. Today we see far too much a writer starts his arc or starts his run, and he's starting from a zero point. He's not taking what was done before Uh him and building upon it to get to where he wants, right? More, the early more stories are super horror. And then they really change into these like eighties environmentalist takes and they get really psychedelic. So, so that's what I mean by this is really, this is so Alan Moore because it's it's insanely. Let's take, let's take a horror character and let's ask the existential question of, what is life? What is life? Yeah, what, what is who, what? What are I? you? Who yeah. are you? Are you your flesh and bones? Are you your personality? If there was a copy made of you, are you still you? What's the name of that ship they talk about in uh, in Wandavision? The, the ship of Theseus. Theseus, yeah. yes. Is 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 Swamp Thing the ship of Theseus? Like it, it's and it gets so like you said, very deep and almost psychedelic, fairly quickly. Oh, oh it gets worse. Wait till wait till Swampy and Abby knock boots. Oh my god. He fe- he feeds her a fruit that grows off of him. And they essentially trip and yeah. Interesting. Very very much something written by a child of the 60s. I I like the idea like 
another guy who writes kind of sort of in this vein is Neil Gaiman. Big time. And Big time. and I like how both Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore treat the Justice League like a bunch of chumps. Like it would oh, like I don't the, know. I like this. I like what he does with Superman in that first in that uh, Oh yeah. Like, but, like I think he really gets like the characterization of Superman. But yeah, I get what you're saying. But but like they they they're usually useless in the in some of these situations. Like in Sandman, like well, I think it was the second issue of Sandman where they showed that the you know Dream went and what? visited the the Watchtower and and talked with a few of them about stuff. But it's well, like it's, they they they're the, always the, on the side and and they don't they don't like the Just League isn't here, as powerful as you're constantly led to believe because there are other things going on in the yeah. world. That they so, have no purview so, over. So at all. here here's here's my take on that, right? Like they show this Justice League in the watchtower discussing how do they stop the Floric man. And the discussion was really good though. Like yeah, exactly. Know, the, they're, the they're, mining, they're mining it's, the DC universe. It's Alan Moore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right, he's right, good, right. really good. Like the, he gives a lot of good reasons on why they can't stop him, right? Right. This guy who's who they're basically calling a B-level villain or C-level villain. They're, they're saying that about this guy. Like, he's right. never won a fight. Like, th- he's never been much trouble. Now, all of a sudden, he ha- seems to have all this power. And I, got, I took two things from that. One, he wanted this to be a Swamp Thing story. He didn't want the Justice League to come in and swoop and save the day. Right. right? So you got to be like... Well, wait, if he's threatening the whole planet, where's the Justice League? So they had to give a good reason why. But the problem wasn't something they could have swooped in and saved the day anyway. And that's the it's that's brilliant. the other point. He doesn't solve the problem with fighting, with might. Yeah. He solves the problem by like Logic. showing him <laughs> what he's doing is wrong. If he kills all Swamp Thing says to Fleuric Man, if you kill all the humans and the animals, they won't create carbon dioxide and then we'll eventually die. Mm-hmm. So it's like and so he just uses logic in a conversation. I mean, yeah, they fight a little bit, but it's really it's about so different. Yes, right. Is- what I what I really love about this this is this is like the this is like the pinnacle of DC Comics in my mind. Right, was when Karen Berger was really getting because this is Karen Berger. Like, what would become Vertigo really, really comes from this run specifically, mm-hmm. right? And like the Jim Shooter era at Marvel is really known for being very continuity centric, very heavy handed on editorial influence, very heavy on action. And you know, the one guy, like he sets the tone, whereas in DC, it's the complete opposite. Karen Berger is finding all of these weird ass writers mm. and letting them go crazy with her characters. Cause this is the same era that we get like Gaiman talks about how his first two runs, uh, his first two, like I want to say the traits, it's not what they were called, but like, you know, the first two stories on Sandman were essentially him doing his impression of more swamp thing. Hmm. Until he talked, until he feels like he got comfortable in his own universe. He was like, I was just doing Alan Moore's Swamp because that's what yeah. he, that's what he was, that was what he wanted to do. And this is also where John Constantine comes from, right? And this is when you get Grant Morrison right. doing stuff eventually, like with Animal Man. Like this is this is the germ that really defines what makes DC special, especially in this era, is letting creators just create because they essentially take. Uh, swamp things origin and flush it down the toilet and do something different of course yes. did. now the question john asked earlier did they have they stuck with this no alan moore Al, um alec 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 holland is the holland thing oh okay so they want to the yeah scott snyder i like him but i think this is an unnecessary thing is he made scott snyder made it so swamp thing is alec holland see 
and that's one of the things I enjoyed about this story so me too. much. Me too. I, it, it spoke to me on on a on. It spoke to me on a spiritual level, and I know that sounds weird. No, to say I get it. I get it 100%, man. Because it's like once he realizes Alec Holland's driving force or Swamp Thing's driving force, driving thing in life is eventually I want to be human again. And once he realizes he was never human, he's imprinted with his memories, mm. then it becomes, well, what am I? What am what? I? Yeah. The beauty in this is because the old Swamp Thing was very much the thing. Yeah. Right. Like it's very much DC's version of the thing and his same kind of goals. How can I fix this? How can I make it better? There has to be a way to fix it. And then when you when you take off those shackles, right mm-hmm. now, you can be something totally different. Right. This, this is a go ahead. No, I and then like Snyder, I get why Snyder mm-hmm. wanted to put it back, because that's kind of like in the in the teens and like, you know, the new the new DC 52 came around. Everybody was kind of like, OK, we're going to put things back to what they were. Right. And he didn't want to do because the guys who came, the guys who came after more trying to do more never did more as good as more. Well, yeah. So why right. chase the shadow of Alan of of Alan of Adam of Alan Moore? Right. But they could have let the the character continue to grow. But this is this brings up the same the same paradox question that comes up with transporter technology. It's like okay, so you go in in one end, your body is destroyed. And then you're reassembled at the other end out of out of energy. Did you just die and another you came out the other side? Right. So it's the exact same thing in here. You know, it, it, is it his is it his real consciousness or was it an imprinted consciousness? And then what's cool is like when you get beyond this story, you learn that, like I said, the, the Alec Holland shackles are truly off. And and he yeah. gets to become something because then you get to the Parliament of Trees. And the green. Oh, right. right. Which so, which makes him an Omega level, like he's yeah. an Omega level character. Yeah. He's like, he's right. always underestimated. Right. Yeah. Right. More, more kept saying he wanted to, by the end of the run, he wanted to do these environmental stories, but the giant muck monster kept getting in the way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. And that, and you, you can, you can feel that right from the beginning is that's where he's trying to go with this mm-hmm. is, is talk about the environment and what man is doing it, but yet what is the proper way to take care of the problem? Mm-hmm. You know, Floric Man goes at it full bore. I truly think that these are stories that have a new resonance in this world. Like, cause in the eighties, this stuff was not, it was popular, but it wasn't like, I don't think the, the effects are felt nearly as much as you, cause you talk about climate change and, and you know, or what is the proper term we're supposed to use instead of climate? No, climate change. That's right. Yeah, we talk about change. climate change yeah. and you know, what the, the effects are. And then you can personify that in the swamp thing. And it's like, I get that more did it, but I would like to see someone else do it a little bit better. Cause again, Scott, Scott Snyder had a really good run, but it was pretty much, you know, horror. Like it was pretty much swamping at it's like the core of the, of the Bernie Wrightson character. Right, straight mm-hmm. horror. More does that in the first two runs. There's some spooky stuff. <sighs> the, all right, I'll just do this. In the second, I think I believe it's the second volume, right? When Abby's Abby's husband Matt, they start to split, and then he gets possessed, right? And then yeah. Abby, Dave, do you know this? Are you familiar with this? I, I. I no 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 because remember I've never read okay, this okay. before. I don't but know I I, this. I I went on and read all the synopsis okay. of where okay. Al Moore goes with everything. Yeah, Abby had, and her husband have sex, and then you find at the end of the story it wasn't Matt at all. It's Anton Arcane, who's her uncle. Yes, and it's like yeah, uh, and this is nineteen yeah exactly, and it's nineteen eighty six, and she's like Rawr! like, and it really this is like it's like this they're doing straight horror stuff. There's some 
there's some like nightmare stuff early, the first like three volumes of the more run. And then it becomes a little bit more science fiction, more psychedelic when, when Abby kind of embraces her life as Swamp Thing's partner. Right. right. And then it gets nuts. And isn't that what they're kind of starting to set up in the. They are. Yeah, they're absolutely are. Cause in, that's in, more. In the second story in the, in this first volume is what they're starting to set up Abigail and where she's going with this. And mm-hmm. cause they yeah. were like, he was almost like, cause she's like a child in the original set of stories, right? The Len, the yeah. Len Wein, Bernie writes and stuff. Abby Arcane is a kid. And then now she's a young adult. Like she gets married young and then Matt, Matt Cable just loses it completely and becomes a monster. And then Anton Arcane comes back as this like super devilish force. And he has zero, which is weird. You think more would want to talk about the evil corporation, but he has zero interest in talking about the Sunderland stuff. Like it really disappears for the majority of the run. Right. And there's a, mm-hmm. oh man, there's a great, story where uh he takes over art where uh swamp thing takes over arkham asylum yes later on that's a class or gotham he actually takes over all at gotham and you get this conflict with him and batman that again similar they talk to each other it's so cool like this stuff even in today's he, world of comics it's so different he trolled batman though didn't he kind of he he like he promised batman oh yeah you help me and i you know nobody's ever truly gone and could probably bring out your bring back your parents and i think the last few panels of that one was batman yelling at him you coward as swamp thing goes away saying oh sorry no your parents are dead <laughs> yeah good you'd say what you gotta say you know there's a really good adam strange story too because eventually they have swamp thing traversing into space right because swamp thing learns that he can move he could travel anywhere by just growing another version of himself because he's so connected to the green right and uh-huh. Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing can transfer his consciousness to it. He does it small by the world by just because you'll see a story will start and there's a flower and the flower goes and then it's Swamp Thing mm. and he's just there. He's learned that his consciousness is like a spiritual thing and he's connected to all of the green. And, that's, and then he starts pushing it to out of the universe. And there's a great Adam Strange story where he has to catch a Zeta beam in a toilet and like. I think it's in Florida and he's sprinting through the mall and he throws open the toilet and the Zeta beam bear. He barely catches the Zeta beam on time. It's great. And that's just that, great stuff. That's <laughs> the, like when you remove the Alec Holland shackles, that's the kind of things you can do with the character. He's a God. Swamp thing's right. a God. How, now that becomes challenge too, writer. How do you write stories about a God? Ask people who've written good Superman stories. That's, but that's, it's true because like they're different though. It's, it's Superman would never tell you he's a God, right? True. Mm-hmm. Swamp Thing is like, yeah, I'm a god. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Like, and like, you know, he'll piss off the Parliament of Trees. Like, Swamp Thing is very much just interested in what Swamp Thing wants to do. He's one of the most, under Moore, it is literally one of the most fascinating characters in the history of comics. Yeah. I adore it. And then you get John Constantine who comes in, you know, and then John Constantine becomes a thorn in his side for a while. It's just, Sorry, I'm such I'm fanboying right now. I just I love this is like one of my favorite. This is literally probably my favorite. Well, no, you're, t- you're talking about two of the best written characters in all in all I of mean, DC in in all of comics, right? So it, it's become it's become fashionable for us to kind of poop on more because he's he's Alan Moore, he's surly, he's kind of crazy. He's kind of you know, crazy. He got he got cranky in his old he's days. Super, well, he's super. He's pretty cranky even then. But I mean, like when you go back and read his stuff from when he's. He's not, I don't think Alan Moore's sort of been idealistic, but I mean, like, from when he's young, well, it's so good. It, it ages so well. He automatically says any th- a movie or TV adaption of his stuff is going to stink, and then he's never going to watch it. And to be fair, he doesn't. Right. You know, he completely divorces himself from anything. I, I respect it. 
I was he sticks to his guns, right? Yeah. But he never takes the money. He's like, nope, give it to my give it to my fellow creator. Yeah. You know, the man's Watchmen was phenomenal. The TV show and it won all these awards, and he didn't want nothing to do with it. Yeah, he's Alan Moore. He is. You know, well, he's he's like Edna Mode. I never look back. It, 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 so, it detracts from the now. There's actually a lot of <laughs> of commonality between those two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny too, because like, and I'm going to say this: trying to find something that like I don't like. I can't. And the only thing, the only critique, and this has nothing to do with the story, is following the side uh, characters and the side plots from an incontinuity story that I didn't read the, you know, the books that came before this. So I don't know how this all fits together, you know, like, but that has nothing to do. That doesn't take away from it. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like. Exactly. He just uses it as a, John uses this term a lot. Like, it's like a, um, it's like a MacGuffin. Right. Yeah. It's just a story. Pl- it's just a story device to get from A to B. Yeah. Like when, but when we did the 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 death of Gene DeWolf, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was one of John's complaints is because he didn't know what was going on in the other Spider-Man books at the time, so he didn't know how those characters fit into the story that he was reading. It's a good point. And, and the, even and he, also when we did uh, Craven's Last Hunt, same thing too. There mm-hmm. was obviously pieces that fit into other stories. Because this is the Jim Shooter, and again, this that's early, like like the second part is early Tom DeFalco, but you're still the fallout of the Jim Shooter era, where right. everything was so tightly knit. And there's a lot of stuff that that like people love from that era of Marvel, but I think John's got a point. I don't think it re- it reads well in trade. Right, but you know, but it doesn't. I didn't feel like it mattered in this. And this, no, it doesn't, because because Alan Moore doesn't care. <laughs> you know, he had this dead swamp, like like Marty Pasco ends on this great look. Did Swamp Thing live or die? Alan Moore said, "Dead." And look what else happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, because yeah. it's so like, who saw that? I mean, like, I can imagine Karen Berger getting the pitch and being like, "Whoa, this is kind of yeah. scary. Let's do this." You know, like, right, right, and just letting creators create, and that's the spirit of Vertigo, imagine. man. That's like that's the spirit that launched Vertigo, and why Vertigo was so great. Imagine just letting creators create. I'm a, uh, that, that that'd be crazy talk, man. <laughs> I mean, like again, with corporate comics, it's tough because, all right, example when Moore leaves, Rick Veach takes over, and he has Swamp Thing become the Cross. And when I say the Cross, I mean he is the Cross, the one that Jesus died on. Right, but wait, Swamp Thing is that? the Cross. Swamp Thing is the Cross. Oh, for Christ! So he can That's... travel through time. Yes. See, Rick Veach, like I said, when you let. When you're Alan Moore and you let creators create, it's good. When you're Rick Veach and you do it, yeah, maybe we go too far. Yeah. See, yeah. Even, even Alan Moore maybe. in his writing, he was both, it, it's kind of funny. He was both expanding Swamp Thing's powers and constricting him at the same time psychologically. Yes. So, so like it, it was perfect. Like you, you have something to play off of. You have, you can, you can add stakes that way. It and was, the stakes are just different. Like, you know, yeah. it's not, it's so, different than regular superhero stories because Swamp Thing isn't a superhero. Right. But you have no. these villains that and again he redefines he helps redefine the DC universe because like you get the green, the Parliament of Trees, that all of Earth's green, all of Earth's uh plant-based stuff is connected, which of course inspires Grant Morrison to create the red from Animal Man, which is where all yep. the animal stuff is connected. You know, like it's well he is there's so much it, of the DC universe <laughs> DNA that comes from this run of comics. Yeah. They even mentioned the red. Yeah, he created. Oh, yeah, that's right. Alan mm-hmm. Moore did create, but he didn't do anything. Yeah. That it's right. It's he Grant just... Morrison that goes, yes. 
we'll just Let's take this and expand that. it out because morrison is also like morrison is the uh alan moore is like the bitter you can kind of read it's like it's like <laughs> sardonic a little bitter and morrison's like no man superman is great and like we'll go yep. on a mountaintop yep. and we'll yep. talk about commuting with the stars and everything is beautiful like they're so they're like well, two he's, sides of the he, same coin he, listening to grant morrison talk about like when he was writing batman and how he's like no you got to take the entire thing yeah, and take the pieces. It all happened. It all happened. Yeah. And you take Batman all the little high. pieces <laughs> and, and put them together and, and t- paint a tapestry of this beautiful Batman. It, it was just like, yeah, yeah, you, you get it. Yeah. He does. That's why like, I, there's nobody that I can even, he's like, I love more, but no, I love, there's nobody like Morrison because Morrison is just on a different level. And like more kind of hates superheroes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Moore's like, this is stupid. This is trash. I just, it's like a curse that he's really good at writing it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, it's like, like Vince McMahon, like you hate the thing that you're really good at. Whereas Morrison loves it. Like Morrison will talk about Superman and why it's the greatest thing in the world. And like, and why comic books, like comic book heroes are God are, are the new gods, literally. And like, he'll just pontificate again. The, the man is, the man operates on a different plane than the rest of us. Oh, it's yeah. the modern mythology. It is. And like Morrison talks about like that. And again, on the flip side of it is, is more like hating it. It's like, they're, they're, they're like the devil and the angel on the shoulder of, of great comics. <laughs> you know? I love that. I, I, I mean, it's, it's so true. Like again, Karen Burgess, she was finding these, these geniuses from Britain to write these books in the, in the right time. And, you know, Jamie Delano was right up there too, with like his first Hellblazer stuff, you know, it's, it's, and then like the downside is Mark Miller who's, I don't like him. He's such a far cry from the rest of them. But I'm alone on that I, one. That's a JD thing. I I like his ideas. Sometimes his execution or has leaves something to be desired. I don't disagree with you on that, by the way. Yeah, I just but I like I think not everybody loves like Morrison because Morrison's like, yes, of course the Batman of, Z- of Zarnar happened. Batman was in a set was in a sensory deprivation tank and he hallucinated these stories. Hmm. Yep. Because he had to train, he had to know if he could get his, he had to sympathize with the Joker to make himself as crazy as possible. And you read this and you're like, okay. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. Who thought this was a good idea? No, it is a good idea. It's, it's a very all good a idea. great idea. Yeah. And it made for, you ever read Batman R.I.P.? It's genius. My favorite run of Batman. Grant Morris. It's like, you read the whole thing from when, from when he introduces Damien all the way through Batman International. It's one beautiful tapestry of weird, and it's great for Batman. <sighs> oh, I love it. Oh, but then there's, that's another great example, though, because Morrison has said, I'm pretty sure Morrison said he's never planned Damien to be a mainstay. No, Eddie's, that just kind of happened. Right. He was supposed to die, and then and, and that was it. Loved and that was the end of the story. Right. But everyone so, loved it. So sometimes a catch. Sometimes he's been he's been Robin. He's been in the books for fifteen years now. Yep. And like he's been Robin since two thousand nine. That's a that's a long time for comics at this point. Like Damien has withstood the test of time. It's crazy. Yeah. I never thought I never thought that'd be possible. But he yeah he was supposed to die, and that was <laughs> sometimes stuff uh, works. Yep. Sometimes you create a character and it becomes like super awesome, like Damien. And sometimes you create hush and you build it all up and you get there and everybody's like, that's it? Yeah. You know, and it doesn't. That's why none of the other hush stories have really worked. Right? But there's a bazillion Damien stories. That, have, have that you reminds seen- me, I just got the first DVD for or 
God, DVD. The first Blu-ray for Hush, Batman Hush Volume. Oh. Let me know how it is. I'm really I, curious. I, okay. I'm going to watch I it heard, this weekend. I heard something about that. What, did him and Batgirl do it again? No. <laughs> Are no. they going to start every one of them now with that? I don't know <laughs> like, if I want to. It, it's, it's why I won't watch it, because I heard I heard that they changed the twist. Good. The twist sucks. What, the, the twist being The Tommy that, Elliott twist? That, uh-huh. Yeah, it's Which, terrible. One of the worst reveals in comics history. Uh, okay, so would it be better if it's already someone from Batman's Rogue yes! Gallery? No, it should have been Jason Todd. It was right there. They had it. They no, had but it, it. Jeff Loeb had it in his hands. He had it. He had it. I dropped it. <laughs> it was Clayface. It wasn't. It's so stupid. Sorry. No, and no, it's not even that. So, so Rush is not Rush. A Hush is not Tommy Elliot in this one. Rush would have been much more interesting. <laughs> Rush would have been much more interesting. I don't want to ruin it for John because he's going to watch it. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going to watch it and then, then I'll report back. But but I don't have volume two yet. They, they're coming out in two volumes. Oh. So volume two. Vo- yeah, I mean, I can review volume one, but let me check on when the next one's going to be out because I've got it on order and I should get it as soon as it comes out. Is but. it the Tommy Elliott thing that changed or the reveal like who the real puppet master is that makes no sense? From my understanding, it was who who the Tommy L.A. character really okay. was. Because in the in the comics, it's... Ah, uh, oh, fuck it. It's a f- story from 2004. It's Riddler is the guy who's really... Right, which didn't make... Which was like... It makes no sense. Yeah. None. And there's no follow-up. Riddler becomes a detective almost immediately afterwards, which was a good story. <laughs> that was interesting. Oh, so anyway. So the second part comes out August 10th. So All I'll, right. be, I'll be getting All mine with like August 11th. Oh, that's pretty quick, actually. August 11th? Yep. Is it available uh, on demand? I well, it's on Prime. Is it's, it? Let's uh, review that. But, but I don't think it's free. I think you have to pay for it on Prime. Uh, my wife bought paid thirty bucks for Jungle Cruise. Man, I think I'm owed something. When when that comes out, let's review that. The whole thing, like yeah, we'll both do both parts. parts. It's like two sure. hours. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. All right. Anyway, back to Alan Moore. <laughs> something. Back to Alan Moore. Is I think we beat that. I think we beat oh, well, that okay. with a well, stick. I, I'm going to ask. You know. I was saying, like, it was hard to find anything I didn't like. So I'm going to start with John. Is there anything about the story you didn't like? No, no, you, you're asking me that? Nothing jumps out at me that I did not like. Like, not not even, like, that bothered me at all. I just, you know, I and, and knowing the backstory of What's-Her-Face, that kind of makes sense how she was kind of a wet rag most of it. But Abigail? Yeah. Abigail, yeah. She, you know, like, typical damsel in distress, but... They you move know, her. She gets but, moved to a better place. Yeah, but well, even in this story, but, she gets a better place. Like she's taking a job to to work with the the kids and. Yeah. But the know. shorthand with her is so well done. I thought, like, I got right away. Like, she's married to this one guy, but she's you know who's getting it on with demons apparently. But 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 has obviously it gets has so much worse. Actually, has feelings for Swamp Thing, or you mm. know, so it was like it made like oh like. Like I got that right away. Like you didn't need to spoon feed me anything. It was it was so well done. Yeah, not I, like I said, nothing really jumps out at me. No, no continuity errors. No, no MacGuffins. No nothing. I I really liked. I really like. You know, this is the kind of thing where I, I that I really like where you you oh. take it that the writer takes in the situation and and adds something a dimension to it that nobody actually thought of, even though it seems it seems obvious. When when you read it, right. The other thing, the I can't think of the guy's name. The Etrigan. 
the one who captured no no the one who captures swamp thing and has Florick man examine his body. Oh, the 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 rich guy who Sunderland. got his in the end. Hmm? Sunderland, isn't it? Yeah, Sunderland. Sunderland. Yes, yeah, yeah, Sunderland. I saw that coming too. Like, and again, and it's 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 when you really start getting the idea of technology versus nature, and technology being a bad thing was it's like, oh, there's no one in the, the tower. He's so proud of this tower that's fully automated, you know. And so they change. So Floridic man changes. He fires him. And then Florida Command changes it so he can't get out and Swamp Thing can get him. And it's just like... Well, like, a, as a technical guy, the part where uh, Floronic Man is trying to tell him what he's discovered and the, the rich man, the guy in charge, constantly tell interrupts him and doesn't let him finish and then makes his own assumptions. I'm completely... Like, I deal oh. with that almost daily at work. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not discounting it. Like I'm saying, like, but I loved, like, I saw, oh, yeah. I, I kind of saw it coming, but I loved that they did it. It was like, oh, here's this technological wonder, right. but it's, it was his tomb, you know? Yep. So anyway, JD, is there anything you don't like? I, think I you can't think of anything. Alan Moore writes a lot of words, so I can see that if that bothers you, like in, in modern comics, that would not be considered good. Right. There's been a, there's been a, there's been a, so many guys in the, in this era tried to write like Alan Moore with so many words on a page afterwards that there was a shift in the other direction for a long time. It's uh-huh. starting to kind of go back the other way where you were putting less words on a page. So that doesn't bother me, but I could see it being a legit criticism. Yeah. yeah. If you, if you don't have, if you don't have Alan, like, if you're not Alan you're Moore not Alan or you're not Moore, Neil, Neil Gaiman, Gaiman. Yeah. You, just just throwing a bunch of sesquipedalian words onto a page is not going to make you look smart. Nice using sesquipedalian, by the way. Um, <laughs> very fitting for the conversation. Oh, Alan Moore also created the demon's rhyming couplet, like the way the demon rhymed. The yes, that was structure. Not, he was man. the innovator of that style of it. Which he is always favorite. adds like these other dimensions. Just really mm. cool. Big fan. Yeah. Oh, I loved how he introduced him too. Like. Oh my god. Yeah. It's just what was I gonna say? Darn it, that his ten cent word threw me off. Um, <laughs> ten cents is it for Sesquipedalian? Jeez. All right, I'll give you a quarter. How's that? Okay. Okay. Oh my god. In nominee Apatri Felix Espirito Santos. Cantante Domino, right. <laughs> Were you both altar boys? <laughs> I've watched Exorcist a lot. The power of Christ I, compels you. I've sung a lot of a lot of Latin on stage. So um, I took Latin in high school for four years. Can't speak a word of it. My daughter took Latin in high school. Yeah, and I don't think she could speak a word of it today. Uh, Helped on the ACT. Let me tell you, it did breaking words down. So shoot, I don't remember what I was going to say. So it couldn't have been important. What didn't you right. like? What didn't you like about it? I think that's what you were going to. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, there's nothing like. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, you know what I didn't like when I got to the end of the the second story, and I felt like they were setting up something bigger, and I just wanted to read more because <laughs> they, they were, you know, comics wasn't. This is from an era with before the, comics were traded. Uh, you know, what's the demon's name? Etrigan. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, you're talking Jason Blood, right? He yeah, Jason Etrigan? Blood. Jason Blood. Etrigan. Yes. Yeah. Gone, gone. The yeah. form of man. Yeah. I was just like, like when he showed up, I'm like, they're, they're, you know, this is this is cool. Like, where are we going with this? You know? Yeah. Cause Swamp's um, thing versus Etrigan. That's, that's a match. It's <laughs> really cool. I would highly advise if you're, if you've, if you're listening to the show and you've never read Alan Moore's Swamp thing, I highly, highly invest, like get the DC universe app. It's cheaper that way. 
and just do the whole thing. I remember what I was going to say that, yes, I get the the whole words on the page thing, but somebody who has read every every Books, word yeah. in no every every word in in what's his really famous work? Oh my God, Watchmen! Yeah. Even the diary entries, it's like because you know it paints the whole thing paints one giant picture. Like yes, it didn't bother me. <laughs> it's like oh no, this makes sense. Yeah, it's something that a lesser skilled writer should not do. But, but it's Alan Moore. I gotta say, like reading comics from the seventies, eighties. Yeah. And even the 90s, like, it didn't feel overly wordy to me. You know? It didn't, but there's people that will say it. Like, there's, having taken writing classes, you're taught don't do what Alan Moore does. Because you ain't Alan Moore, you know? Yeah. I mean, and we've gotten independent books that I've looked at where it's mm-hmm. like, this is a comic book, and the first two pages is Expedition Dump all in words. Because they ain't Alan Moore. And it's like, no, that's not how comic books work. Right. Go write a book or write a script, but don't, yeah, don't do this here. It's it's Mm -hmm. not, and it's not just the use of long words. It's, it's the cadence and the depth and the, Mm -hmm. you know, just, and it's, some people can just take a a bunch of English and put it together in a way that's just unique. Right. And and it's also learning how to marry the art with the words, which Alan Moore is an expert at. Yes. He's always, he, He's always been very good at writing to his partners, mm-hmm. right? Like he really knows how to to play up. Like like in Watchmen, he really knows how to play up Gibbons' strengths. He really knows how to work with you know Total Ben and 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 uh, set here. Like he really, or like Kevin O'Neill in the in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen series. Like he just yeah. he knows how to work with his partners, you know, and help exemplify what they're. Which is any good writer. Any good writer should know how to write to their to their partner strengths, right. You know, he's he's he doesn't get enough credit for that in my. Yeah, no, I mean he's I, I, he's definitely one of the experts at that. Like, unbelievable. You know, it. I mean, it's funny because people have said this, and I think they've said this about him before. It's like, like this is what makes it a comic book, like an hmm. art meme that an art meme, an art outlet that's kind of hard to duplicate. You know, in other forms. You know, like yes, it's pictures and words, but it's the way Medium. the mirrors. Medium, thank you. That's the word I was looking for, not me. Medium, mm-hmm. that makes it harder to duplicate in film and TV. Yeah, and and I mean, and it's funny because he he says it, and he's right to a point. But yeah, like it, it's it's when it's done right, it's done right. Aubrey Sitterson, my buddy, always talks about how the worst thing you can do is try to do a comic on with the idea of trying to get a TV show or trying to sell. Oh yes, and you can always you can sniff them out. So right? many of them out there. So many. Because they think it's a it's a back door in instead of just writing comics or writing a book for that matter, like like what I like to do, you know, for the purposes of of playing to the strengths of that medium. And far too many, far too many comic writers really want to be really want to write screenplays. Yep. You know, oh, yeah. really don't know how to maximize maybe I myself I was guilty of this earlier when I was younger, you know, being having, you know, coming from movies and having a more cinematic outlook to things and I think dealing with comics helped me think about things more visually. Like I think my I think my books are far more visually written than my comic scripts ever were. But that came <laughs> from that came from studying com- the language of comics and getting better right. at that and understanding kind of what art is, right? So I think that you should, you know, honor the medium you're in. Don't want to be in something else. So you want to write scripts? Go write scripts, right? You want to write comics? Write comics, right? Just like he he does this a lot too, and and. 
it's obviously it's a partnership with the artists where there's like there's stuff written there's stuff drawn in the corners or in the border yeah that just adds to the feel of what you're reading on those pages you know it's not it, if it wasn't there it wouldn't really make a difference but it's there for a reason you know and it's just like yeah that's makes it a comic book you know, and you're right. There's so many, so many indie indie creators that are just like scene one, act one, scene one. Here's that. Here's my camera lens. It's like, no, 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 no. So that is why. And I'm, I'll take a plug for a moment. I'll take a cheap plug for a moment. <laughs> and uh, not for me, but I'm talking about like um, go learn from Andy Schmidt and comics experience because mm-hmm. they do a really good job. Andy specifically will talk about why you want to write comics and why comics is, is your medium. And like, if you're going to do this, and again, for me, it was really good because I was coming in from writing movies and stuff like that and wanting to be in comics, but not really understanding comics as well as I thought I did. Right. So, I mean, you do, I would highly recommend anybody that, that might be listening that wants to write comics, educate yourself, read books on writing comics, read words with pictures by Brian Bendis, you know, read the Denny O'Neill DC book. Like, take some classes because there is a talent to this. And just because, just because more did something doesn't mean you should do it. <laughs> just because Mark Millar did something doesn't mean you should do it. Like you have a voice. You just right. got to find it. Well, it doesn't mean you can do it, you know, yeah, you shouldn't do was, it, but you probably can't do it either. I, you like, probably can't. I was being nicer. Hmm. But it's not like, don't try to be Alan Moore. Cause we already have Alan Moore. Right. Right. Like no one, nobody should be like, even Neil Gaiman said, I was Alan Moore clone. And if you read the first two Swamp um, Sandman trades, it's not hard to see what he's talking. Yeah. About, yeah. You know, and it's in that it's I don't think it's until they do the the oh God, what was the Shakespeare story that I can't think of? I can see all the characters, but I, what fools these mortals be? What freaking play is that, John? Oh, Midnight Midsummer Night's Dream. Dream. Yes. Until I I don't think it's until the Midsummer Night's Dream and the the conversation with death issues of Sandman that Gaiman really gets comfortable with his world. Yeah. Right. One yeah. lot of a, I couldn't think of the title. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. John I knew John would know. That's why I said it. Hamlet, so. John, why, ah, words. Because <laughs> John is a, a Shakespeare file. I knew, was I right? Yes, you were right. John would know it. I knew John would know it. I've been on the show. Because he's a enough. nerd. All right. <laughs> nerd and a geek, double death. I think that present company included in that all. I, I think I think if if you haven't been sold on Swamp Thing, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing at this point, I, I don't know. It's about time you get you went and got it. <laughs> do, you watch, do you watch the Swamp Thing cartoon from the nineties? Whereas the Wild Thing the Swamp Thing, Jesus you are amazing. Oh yeah. God, you gotta love this. It's awful. It's so <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I think I'm gonna order volume two as soon as we get off here. All right, highly recommend it. <laughs> oh, I will too. Yeah. So yeah, we're not gonna. We're not, it's not a movie. It's just a discussion on a comic. So we're not gonna rate or anything. But I think yeah, definitely we're all recommending. So oh yeah, there's no no doubt. On that note, let's uh, let's wrap it up for the week with some recommendations for our audience out there. John, you said anime season is is in full swing. So what do you got for our people out there? Oh why did why did you like why did you jeez? I put um, you on the spot. I know. I already did the Saints Magical Powers Omnipotence, so let's see what else what else we got here. Don't see drugstore in another world. That is one of the most horrible things I've ever seen. And the new slime one, the new slime episodes are out. God, I don't know. Oh, oh, I I Datin, well, I don't know if I said this before. The Idaton gods 
are lazy or whatever it is, are, are they had debt and gods are living are living in a time of peace. That's that's a really good one right now. All right. Idaten, the Idaten deities know only peace. It's actually the 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 animation style is is a little bit of cell shading, kind of like you're going to see in What If, a little bit rougher, which is it's done on purpose. But the storyline gets really interesting really quick, which is you know it's not your normal guy from another world with amazing power, or whatever. It's not Nisekai at all. It's it's really really interesting. It's not your normal another guy from another world. Uh, yeah, yeah, world. yeah, yeah. The, uh, the isekais are the ones where you're transported <laughs> from like Earth to like your your and I was, world. When we were talking so. about what if I was trying to remember that term, cell shading, because yeah, that's the the animation style that JD doesn't like. Yeah, but but <laughs> yeah, but again, like this this is one of those things where it's it's written completely differently than any of their anime that's out there right now, which is really nice. So it's kind of a kind of a hidden gem. All right. JD, Justin's peanut butter is really good. Justin's as as a guy with celiac disease, I have a hard time finding the right peanut butter. I got this today, and I'm very happy with it. Other than that, the Olympics are on. Go uh, go watch the best in the world do what they're the best at and support them because they don't get paid enough for the amount of effort time that they put in. And yes, the Olympics are a sham and they're run by shady people and it's a scuzzy organization, but the people sacrificing their lives to, to get good at this stuff are not. Yeah, so I support, agree. Support, support athletes, support athletics, support the United States wrestling team. They should be paid more. I mean, how about more? Everybody should be paid more. Okay. Uh, Dave? No, that's true. Cause they make a lot of money off of the Olympics makes thing. a lot of money. IOC, oh yeah. The USOC, they're making a lot of money. It's and, insane. And, and, the, and every time they're not being paid that. Right. And every time they go into a city and they, that city oh. spends billions of dollars uh-huh. for them. And when they leave, the, the facilities always just sit there and rot. Japan is going to be in some trouble, my man. They already have been. That's the problem. Yep. They've been in a recession and they for a couldn't, while. And they couldn't even sell tickets. Yeah. It's bad. It's very bad. So yeah, but go watch them because the athletes they need they 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 deserve the support. Yes, and we only we only give a shit about our amateur athletes once every four years. So help them out. All right. Well, I will recommend that you go to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media at the top of the page. Comic book reviews by our good friend D Square. He's currently writing like three more that will be up soon. And uh, ticked on. Oh, I'm sure he loves that. I think I once I actually think I still have two that I haven't put up. So tick tick, Dave. Tick tick tick. All right. Can't bust Don's balls if you leave me hanging like that. (laughs) All right. I wow. I I I, other than fighting with people on Twitter, I did not do much this week. I think I'm going to recommend you know what I'm gonna recommend? A if you've never read Swamp Thing, but you like Alan Moore. Or even if you don't like Alan Moore, check out Saga of the Swamp Thing Volume 1. I'm going to definitely recommend that. I'm definitely going to get Volume 2. I am not a Swamp. I wasn't a Swamp Thing fan. I am now, or at least this version. I'm also going to recommend that you check out. Make sure. Don't forget to watch. What is it going to be? Oh, wait. It'll it'll be in the next episode for us, I think. What if? Yeah, because that comes out August 11th. Don't forget. Right. And don't forget to check out the animated Batman Hush. Because apparently we will be talking about that. 
Well, actually, given they're both coming out, the second part is coming out on 11th. That means we'll be able to talk about both two. Oh, my. That's going to be from now. That is going to be a fun filled episode, everyone. Mm hmm. Hopefully, I coughed, this- I, I coughed and I was muted. We can push one back, right? We do the what if one week and then we do the bat, the ant, the hush the next. So oh, tomorrow yeah, we'll yeah, just yeah, talk about how much fun it's going to be the next. Well, I'm just saying. Did you, did you mute yourself on purpose as you were talking? No, I, I was going <laughs> to. I'm having a cough thing too. Oh, oh so. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, next yeah, next ep- right. next episode we'll just talk about how much fun the next few episodes are after that. Exactly. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're just gonna prep you for the next few episodes. All right. On that note, as this thing is falling apart as usual, thanks for listening. Don't let you keep get caught in the door. Have a good week.